Welcome to a very special episode of the Joy of TV podcast. I'm Rich Lepore. Jordan Alseka. Kevin Schaefer. And today we are going to be talking about uh, an awesome show. Uh, a show that... <laughs> a show that for me, for season one at least, uh, is, is on my top three, definitely top five list of TV shows of all time. That's how much I like the first season. Um, for anybody that knows me, they can probably already guess that this is Mr. Robot that I'm talking about. Or if they saw the episode title in their, their iTunes stream. It's <sighs> a good point. But, you know, it is possible. It's conceivable. They, that just, they, were they just, just blindly hit play. They didn't no, know what they no, 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 no. I got, a, I, got a, I got a scenario for you. You ready? Okay. Somebody's listened to podcasts, right? That Maybe they're like a gaming podcast fan of ours, and so they listen to The Joy of Gaming, and then it just like jumped over to the next episode in their playlist, right? Yeah, maybe it's, we're talking about that Telltale joint that they did with Mr. Robot, so... Aren't they doing one? They did that, like, app that came out, the Evil, the E-Core app or whatever it is, I forget exactly. Is it legit? Does anybody check it out? I don't know, I haven't paid much attention. There is so much, <laughs> for, for, this show has more side matter than any, I mean, it is so, like, alternate reality, this show, it's insane. They have, um, what do they have, like, that that app you're talking about? Mm-hmm. They supposedly have a 3D, like, movie or experience called Mr. Robot, the 3D experience or something like that. They ha- Now they have, you're gonna, you might cringe when I say this, Jordan, they have Elliot's Notebook. Yeah, I saw you that can in the buy commercials. It. Uh, anyway, needless to I say, can see that, though. yeah, I could see it too. But anyway, needless to say, except that it kind of added up to. No- anyway, we'll get to that. Um, but <laughs> but uh, hold on, we don't want to. We don't let's 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 bury the lead at least a little bit. Well, here. no, I was gonna that notebook. I was like, man, that I'm gonna have some thoughts about Ismail's writing. Obviously, as we move sure, forward, sure. But it's like I feel like you buy in that, you're gonna get the same experience you did with Matt Fraction at Heroes Con. I know, I know. <laughs> it's just like yeah, yeah, exactly. If yeah. you want to hear that story, go. So we have comics a couple back. Heroes Con episode. Heroes Con, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can pinpoint it for you. Yep. Um, but, uh, Which yeah. isn't to say Mad Fraction was mean or anything. It was just... No, it not was, overtly. You've got a, <laughs> we've got a fun story with that. Yeah. Uh, okay, so anyway... Um, Mr. Robot uh, season one. Would everybody here agree that season one was uh, excellent? Absolutely, it was good. Okay, wow. Not even season. Oh, one I said no. I say it's. I think it's, it's a masterpiece. I think it's um, Twin Peaks meets Five Club. Meet. I mean, I'm more. I, I'm more lukewarm on <laughs> Mr. Robot than in a general. Lot. Though I thought it was mainly this season. Well, this season is worse than season one. Yes, I think. That I think that's a fair statement across the board. However, we else we feel about season two. I think the general consensus online is that this is a much more divisive season. Yeah, let, yeah. So, let's, so that was the next thing I was going to say. Right? right, was that this is definitely a divisive season, uh, and one that uh, now that we've all seen it uh, to to the end, uh, we're going to talk about it in depth. That obviously means that this is uh, a spoiler full episode, uh, not spoiler free. The opposite of spoiler free, uh, full spoilers. Uh, so. If you have not seen Mr. Robot season two uh, or season one, um, definitely uh, stop wa- stop listening to this uh, or take Jordan's advice and maybe just listen to this and not watch it. I mean, it's no, I'm not saying that's my advice. <laughs> okay, I just I'm asking. If you, if you don't care about Mr. Robot, you can listen. We're gonna be, uh, but I'd argue specifics. you should. I'd argue yeah. that you should care and that you shouldn't uh, spoil it on yourself. And I wish we could call this episode like Hacking Robot or something, but it's already been taken because there's like. So many after. There's so man. I could think yeah. up like ten other like clever witticism yeah. names. Well, there's know. an after show on USA, which I've seen both yeah. episodes of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched They've got both. That, and then there's one on Screen Junkies too. So yeah, yeah. And then there's also one um, called something like uh, it's 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 not 
hacking robot, but mm. it's like the it's like on the verge. Okay, yeah. And it's like yeah. some other like after robot. Yeah, or, yeah, I don't yeah, know, yeah, something yeah. like that. Sure. There's so many of these like meta shows like Geeking sure. Out and yeah. and all those mm-hmm. Kevin Smith shows, The Walking Dead stuff and anyway. half of AMC. <laughs> right, right. It literally is almost half of their slate. Yeah, yeah. Um but anyway, so uh, it's a very divisive season. I think a good place to start uh, would be to discuss what we thought of season one, just real briefly, because I could go on and on about it. Um, but but you know, like what we thought of of that season and, and why, uh, and then and then I guess we'll we'll sort of all discuss what we were expecting from season two, and then dive into the conversation. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Kevin, why don't you tell me what your thoughts were on uh, season one? So, season one, I thoroughly enjoyed. Um, I actually was able. To... It's rare that I catch a premiere of a show, but I did. I remember because uh, I, I, did, I didn't really know much about it coming in. I heard there was a new sci-fi show on USA. I'm like, it had awesome buzz. I'm like, that's interesting. Okay, and you know, um, and I like Rami Malek, and so decided to check it out. Watched the pilot, loved it. Um, ended up streaming the rest of the season, but um, it's just, I mean, for a film nerd, I think it really uh, um, speaks to me just because I mean, Esmol said that before that. He borrows from, you know, Fincher and David Lynch and all these um, classic filmmakers. And you can see that throughout the first season, especially. Tons um, of Easter eggs. Oh, e- I Tons mean, of nods. I mean, they're obviously the big reveal, you know, about toward the end of season one that Mr. Robot is Elliot. And, um, but so many others, too. Just uh, the idea. And um, to an extent, you know, there are things in it that have been done before. But that, to me, didn't make it any less intriguing. I mean... And it's interesting because it's as dense a show as it is and very grim. Um, it's still really intriguing. And um, so I really enjoyed the first season. Um, awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, uh, do you want to do counterpoint or do you want me to do point and then counterpoint? I want to say it's counterpoint. <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, I like the first season of Mr. Robot. Now, I saw it a few months before the season two premiere because it was not something I kept up with when it first came out. I okay. saw it get the praise, but by then. Sure. Networks are weird about how you can stream their stuff, and so it was sort of like, yeah, in terms of figuring out how to watch it. I just waited until it came to Amazon Prime, uh, watched it there, and uh, it was a little case of overhyping, I think. I will say, the, like, there, there are undeniably some great television moments in that first season. Like, the, the pilot is fantastic. It, like, immediately grabs you and pulls you into the world. Uh, there's a lot of great episodes along the way, and I think overall it's a solid, like, nine season of television. I don't want to make it sound like I don't like the first season of Mr. Robot, I do think that some of the things it decided to do were a little odd, um, particularly in in contrast to how a lot of those beats kind of got repeated in the second season to where it seemed like, retrospectively, those are just some of his standard tricks that he likes, or maybe he just wanted to repeat them. Um, I felt like there were were elements of it that went really weird places... (laughs) That ultimately, again, it's hard to think about the first season anymore without the context. Yeah, of that's where what the I'm hearing you doing. Went. Yeah, I'm hearing a lot of that, and like, so it's painting the past for you. There's a lot of things where it's like, okay, Tyrell was a really interesting character who did really weird stuff in the first season. I was interested to see where that goes, and it really doesn't in the second season. And 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 we'll talk about why and where that goes with the whole mystery of what happened to him that the first season ends on. Um, and I guess the biggest thing is the reveal wasn't as mind blowing as I think a lot of people made it out to be. Not that I even knew. Like, and honestly, I didn't know there was a reveal. I didn't know what. I just knew people loved Mr. Robot. And so when I got there, um, I, I not, that, not that I was like 100% Elliot is Mr. Robot, but I felt like it was very much something that was being suggested. 
Um, I was more surprised, honestly, by Darlene being his sister. That was the one that I really mm. liked as far as the big reveal. And then the Mr. Robot stuff, I and this is something that I think definitely came up in Season 2, is Esmail likes to have a reveal, but then he just sort of weirdly drags it out. Like, there's that whole episode after Mr. Robot shows up in all those photos where it's, like, still not saying officially... Mr. Robot is his dad and, and was his father and all that. And so it, like, drags it weirdly across the next episode before we officially find out. And if there's one thing I'll say about season two, not to get too far ahead, dragging stuff out is a big part of my criticism. Okay. I, I, I hear you. There's but I did love the first yeah, season. There's Overall, like, okay. definitely go see it. Okay. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, so for me, uh, season one is a masterpiece. Um, you touched on, Jordan, about the pilot being phenomenal. Uh, when he goes and he sits down in that coffee shop and he gives that guy, um, you know, a, a lesson <laughs> in humility, <laughs> uh, to say the least. Um, when he lays that guy on the floor and basically just destroys his entire life using... Um, sequences of code you know mm-hmm. basically uh and then just just lays them out uh it's awesome uh i love the social awkwardness of elliot's character it's a character i've never seen on television um to that extent um i love the relationships he has i love the way that that show um that that season just like evolves um there are parts of it that i didn't love as much um things like uh i didn't really love uh, vega's whole character uh, as much, um, I personally uh, don't didn't want to see as much of the Elliot as a drug addict stuff as there was in it, but I guess that was just a point he wanted to make. Um, and I didn't love like that whole prison episode, although some people say that like if you pulled out an episode that's just just genius and masterful from that season, that that's one of them. I, I don't know, maybe I have to go back and rewatch it. It's a microcosm of what the show does. It's, yeah, it's a standalone adventure in an otherwise serialized. Show and yeah. so that's so that's probably probably why they say that to look, you can look at that one episode, but I I didn't like that episode particularly. Uh, I also thought that the end of that episode where uh, Rami finds um, Shayla's body in his trunk um, is like the one moment out of both seasons where Rami Malek doesn't really pull off the acting. He looks like he's not really being affected by it, but trying to pretend like he's affected by it. So that whole thing just fell apart for me a little bit there. That said. The rest of that season is absolutely masterful. The characters, uh, 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 the Christian Slater, the introductions to the characters. How visual they are. Like, I'm talking the intros of each episode and how oh, yeah. there's this big cinematic flair to them. And, all, yeah, and they're all, all different. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, one minute you'll have like a Beethoven-type soundtrack, and then another you'll have some modern rap or something and another know? one you'll have some fever dream i mean yeah, it's I mean, just it's, it's just, like just it's crazy and, and it's variety and it's and it's very much a thing where you see the planning that went into it from the beginning and, sure. and things re-evolve but for me what really nailed it was the fact that he takes expectations and he plays with them in effective ways so a lot of people will do like expectation playing and i'm so mired in television and tropes i hate hate that word everyone hates that word but i'm so mired in all that stuff that none of it really affects me anymore because you can like play like a trick and i've seen the trick and then i've seen somebody doing a trick on that trick at this point you know and so for me what's so awesome is that he does things where he expects what you're going to think, and then he uses that. So, for example, at the beginning of, I believe it's the episode where you get the big reveal about Mr. Robot at the end, he starts slow playing it, and he has Angela meet with Darlene in a ballet studio. And I, when I saw that, uh, me and the person I was watching it with were just like, wait a second, do they know each other? 
the exact question that Esmel was hoping I would ask. Mm -hmm. And in fact, later I heard him talking about it and he was like, yeah, what I wanted to do with this episode was at the very beginning there, I wanted to put these characters together and make you think, wait a second, did they know each other all along? And I was like, oh my God, you completely planned exactly. Not that that's that amazingly genius, but but it, it's just that he was he was playing out, like he expected exactly what I would think, then I thought it. And then you move forward in that episode and I was already thinking, you know, especially by the fifth, sixth episode that, you know, yeah, Mr. Robot very well may not be real and he may be a manifestation of his of his mind. But again, I think Esmel predicted that and he said it's very possible that people are going to see this coming a mile away. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to throw three twists on it. And instead of just being that one reveal, it's also going to be that Darlene's his sister. Holy shit, I had no idea. And I'll tell you what's so great about it is earlier on in the season I was wondering – this is weird. Like, she just barges into his apartment. Like, she assumes familiarity. But then again, there are, like, punk rock chicks that would do that with somebody they just met. So it's very well balanced, you know, the, the way that it mm -hmm. works. It could have been that it wasn't his sister at the end. And right. it still could have been right. Um, and so that kind of, like, really clever plotting and really clever characterization and subtlety I really like about it. Um, and then, like, the finding out that it's his father, that was the mind-blowing twist for me. Mm -hmm. That was the one that blew my absolute brain because I was just like, oh, my God, imagine having your father who you kind of idolize. And then we see the Mr. Robot flashback and why he idolizes his father with that movie theater scene and all that, even though that was kind of promoting the wrong things in his son, uh, giving him a, letting him keep money he stole. Um, but, but it just... It's just really, really cool when I found out that that was his dad and that Darlene was his sister and then that awkward kiss that makes it come out. It just really it just really hit the mark in all those ways. Now, that said, I think the ninth episode is kind of the end of that season and the tenth episode is kind of like, okay, here starts, yeah. here's the start of season two. Here's where we plant the seeds because mm -hmm. we know this was a huge hit. We need to do season two now. Um, Terrell has to be, uh, you know, missing, and there has to be a three-day gap. We need to do something that's going to make this mysterious. So I didn't love the fact that season one, instead of being a complete cohesive awesome whole, uh, was kind of, you know, tainted or at least changed because there was going to be a season two. So in that way, it makes sense that you're saying season two repaints season one. And because that's really, they did change things. It's very clear because there was going to be a season well, two. Well, they left things super vague, which is a problem... That persists of leaving things vague enough that you can take it however you want in the next season. Right, right, right. But I mean, I just think that overall, when you take it as a season and, and more even into season two, these characters evolve so well and they're so interesting. And I'm so curious as to what's going to happen next with everybody. And I'm so, and also, and, and again, it moves even more into season two, but it, but it's very present in season one is each character when they're talking, I'm riveted to the screen. In a way that I, I don't even think it's just that they're acting as that good. I just think the writing is just really compelling. In almost a Tarantino kind of way, but but different and unique and very modern. He has a voice that's great. I mean, I could go on and on, but but it's just a really really solid first season for me. And and the, that trio of twists in that episode uh, was just like bam 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 awesome. So anyway, love that season. Okay, <laughs> and where does that leave us? Uh, well, that leaves us with uh, with season two. So uh, when we saw previews of season two, I started to see uh, a season that was going to be very, very different. A lot more sort of chaos. Uh, a lot more. You know, when we saw those previews, and it was like, oh my god, it just you could see that this was going to be a very, very different show, um, or at least a show that went a lot of. I don't know, like chaos is kind of the word from what I saw in that. I was Different like, direction. Yeah, yeah. Season um, one was very insularly focused on Elliot. Right. Season two... Expands the world. 
forgets Elliot a lot and it expands the world. Yes, yeah. it certainly does. So let's so let's talk about that. Um, what did you guys have any ideas of what you maybe would have wanted season two to be? I really didn't have any crazy expectations going in. Um, I said, I mean, I really enjoyed the first season. Not as big a super fan as you, but still really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really didn't have, you know, I kind of expected um, there to be, you know, the whole. It, it's almost a trope for a season two to like split up the group, and now you take it into, and you look at it, the story from different angles. So I was expecting that. Um, you know, when they do that little teaser at the end of season one, um, in the, in the building, yeah. yeah, like um, you know, I ex. I expected that things get more heavy and climactic and, um, you know... The, big picture? Big picture kind of thing, like, for um, everything that F Society was doing to have a larger impact on the world. Because, really, in this first season, you have Elliot, and you have his entire character arc explored, and you have this building of a technological revolution and E-Corp and all these. So, a lot of seeds planted, but you don't really see it manifest in the way that it does in season two or at least what it was showing you in the trailers for season two so well yeah i I think what's interesting had the show been canceled after the first season it would have been a much more hopeful ending like the the end of the first season really Mm -hmm. suggests that they struck a blow yeah and that's not to say they didn't but season two makes it very clear that the people they hurt really was still just the civilian people because ecor Still kind of trucking along pretty mm-hmm. well. They, they, they especially doing to the machinations of, of Price throughout this second season. Yeah, and and he's keeping things going. There's obviously risk there, but you know a lot of the early episodes, and it kind of falls away from focusing on the fallout of of the hack for for a lot of. But a lot of those early episodes are how no E Corp's like yeah we we don't even know if you paid it, so we're gonna keep your money. And a lot of scenes of like the people kind of getting still screwed because they're just not as as Darlene grows ever more militant, right? Yeah. Um, one thing I wanted to mention, uh, based on what you guys were saying now that reminded me, I forgot to say in season one, the Terrell stuff, yeah. um, the, the him suffocating that girl on the roof yeah, yeah, yeah. is one of the best scenes, uh, uh, scenes, top ten scenes of television I've ever seen. It, um, was, it was absolutely masterful, completely surprising, I couldn't even believe it. Yeah. Um, and, and just his character arc throughout that season was phenomenal, and then he kind of just disappears. But, but anyway, no, not kind of, right? Um, but, but I mean, going into season two, like I said, I thought it was going to be a lot more dispersed. I thought mm-hmm. it was going to be a lot more different characters. I also really, my big thing was, I don't know what the hell they're going to do. Because if it was me trying to follow up that season, I don't know how I would do mm-hmm. it. I don't know how I would make it good and not just repeat. I think part of me, the part of me that likes procedurals kind of wanted it to be, even season one, when it went more in the direction of his mental illness and away from the him hacking people and taking them down like the hack of the week mm-hmm. idea, I was a little disappointed. And not all, and also a thing we're not, we haven't been mentioning is how he always talks to us, the viewer. That's another really unique thing that he gives us that it's first person narration, but it's actually no second person or, or sort of mm-hmm. a weird mix. Uh, where we're in the story, but we're not, and he's talking to us, and 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 you know that that's that's a really interesting aspect of it as well. Um, but I, you know, I just I just thought, what are you going to do to to make this show good again going forward? How do you make that show? And 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 like I said, the procedural side of me wanted it to be a little more case of the week, but then what? again, then again, it, it, that's not really the show that it is, nor the show that. It could ve- eventually be, and mm-hmm. and and you know, Esmail's even talked about it. And I'll get into a lot of what Esmail said because I've listened to a lot of postmortems once we get mm-hmm. through the season. But 
you know, he's really seeing this as, as, as that was season one, now he has season two, and that's just part of a bigger story. And to even try to judge season two, I mean, that's kind of a cop-out, but to even try to judge season two before you know where he's going with the story is crazy, you know, so. Yeah, anyway. yeah but it's a season of television. I know. I, a whole freaking season, it, right. It, it's one thing to be like, okay, I'm not going to judge part one of a two-part episode before I see how it ends, because that's... You know, that's a, a standard structure of, like, right. here are two parts of, of a single story. It was so big, we decided to split it in two. But to do that with two whole seasons, it just... I think I had said this either in a review or when we were talking. It's just, season one feels like a show he made and had no hope, I think, even maybe that it would get renewed or that's anyone it. would like it. Season two is a show where he goes, I basically... <laughs> to put it in very blunt terms, it's like, USA's my bitch now and I right. can do whatever I want. Right. And right. that's not to insult a whole network... But they, they kind of are, you know, yeah. like, they love him. But, and talking about, well, I mean, they're changing a lot of the focus of their whole network based around the success of this show. Shows like Falling Water are examples of going in a totally different direction. You know, USA, historically, and they even make fun of this or lampoon it in, in the end of uh, Mr. Robot Season 2, uh, about how it's a Blue Skies network. Shows like Royal Pains and shit. You know what I mean? Where it's just... Uh, it was a weird meta moment. It was a really weird meta moment. But it's just like all those shows, uh, or, or, or Burn Notice, these shows have blue skies and they're pretty and fun to look at. And they're like, even though if they're about gritty-ish things, they're very like pretty to look... You know, they're they're aesthetically pleasing right. and, and, and very, very whitewashed or blue-washed right. or whatever you want to call it. And this is And this is opposite. gritty, direct opposite, very, de- you know, like, you know, much more like Blade Runner than yeah. Royal Pains. It, it, it feels like when, you know, a... Uh, when, when someone really tries to, to, to completely change their image, it's like, no, I'm gritty now, and, and screw that, everyone was all blue and skies. Except that there's authenticity to Mr. Robot's voice. There it is would mis- suck if it wasn't authentic. Yeah, but then Falling Water is getting thrashed right, critically. Right, so it's Falling like, Water looks they kind of They kind of got lucky that they hit yeah. on something. Well, there was happens. authenticity there. That's what happens when you try to copy authenticity. Go ahead. And that happens so often. I mean, you've seen it with Dark Knight. Like, I mean, every superhero movie tries to mimic it because of that success. And I hate that. I mean, like, just because one, this show is so different from everything else the network is putting out doesn't mean everyone else has to mimic it or be yeah. like that. That's well, just, the goal, you know. I mean, there, to, to, to think, there is the goal of if you're getting all these new eyeballs, you need to give them something else that they'll yeah. keep yeah. watching and, your network And it's for. about programming, right? It's about, like, how, you know, what do we want our overall programming to be like so you know what, you know, like CW has a very... You know, it's 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 gotten more diverse, but it still has a pretty clear focus of what it wants to be, yeah, and right. that's important. That and then you get super fans like Jordan, who are like, "CW is my favorite network," and they'll give almost anything on CW a try, right? Um, and 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 that's the kind of thing that you want to accomplish with your network, and so programming is a factor. Um, and you know, but but focusing back on Mr. Yeah, Robot, yeah. um, I guess yeah, it's just it it feels like. My, 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 my overall takeaway is that he punted to the third season because so much of this season... Like, going back to your point, you were like, not necessarily that it even has to be case of the week or, like, hack of the week, but just the first season had an arc to it. You right. knew they were planning the big... was the 5-9 hack? Well, now we're almost 5-11. talking about real in-depth about the end no, no, of No, no, well, I'm not so, trying yeah, to. I'm not yeah, trying yeah, to. Yeah, but ahead. that was it, right? It was the 5 9 5-11. 5-9. 5-9 hack. That, that was the whole arc. And we saw parts of that plan being executed. And There's the great finale, episode right. where they go and he, like, tears down that security guard, which is a hard brutal scene. But that whole episode is great because it gives you a, a real sense of where they're going and how they're progressing. Season two, without speaking to everything, never, it's never clear. Everyone feels rudder, rudderless, particularly for the first half of the season. But even building to the finale, it's like, 
he's suddenly remembering he has to throw these elements in as opposed to them having felt really well planned all along. Yeah, it, it's interesting. Um, but I mean, anyway, so so expectation-wise, we all kind of uh, were, were uh, cautiously optimistic, I think yeah. is a good way to put it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so anyway, okay. So that brings us to uh, the, the premiere. Um, and so let's, let's sort of dive into that uh, a little bit. Uh, how did you guys feel sort of after we watched the premiere and, and, and where where everything was at? Both parts of it? Yes, okay. both parts, of yeah. course. Well, I did one night. And, and not only oh, yeah, that, even okay. though the finale... I watched it on demand like a week or two after. A little semantic... Not, not semantic, it's a stupid word to use. A little uh, point about logistics. It was actually uh, broken as 10-episode season. Those episodes just ended up longer. Yeah. Um, but it, it's really a 10-episode season with two really long episodes okay. um, and a bunch of two long episodes in between. Yeah. But at the very... That last one is really, like, it's, it's really one episode. It is, yeah, and that's what I tend to say, because the last episode, as it was aired, is the shortest episode of the season somehow. Uh, but but the overall thing, yeah, was super long. Yeah, that, uh, that, that was weird. When you turn it on, everybody's like, oh, I can't wait till they sum up everything. You know, and the one episode you want to be an hour and 14 minutes is 41 minutes long, you know? Anyway. So... Uh, or whatever. I liked the premiere. I thought, like, at that point, obviously, we didn't know it w- where it was going to go. Um, I liked how it, it... It was a table-setting episode, but what premiere isn't, honestly. Sure. Uh, and we got a sense of where everyone was at. We got the sense of um, F Society now being a bit bigger, but kind of ramshackle in the way it was constructed yeah, with Darlene it, it trying to lead it. It did feel like a totally different environment with F Society. Well, yeah, it was a party, and they were cutting balls off. Yeah, balls. I mean, and, you know, and the militant atmosphere of it. Um, we had... Price and Knowles, who disappears for yeah. the rest of the season, yeah. honestly. But we, you know, and then uh, the new What's woman, Susan Jacobs, I think. Is that her name? The lawyer. Yeah, 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 the lawyer. And they're talking, and it's like, all right, things have gone bad. We see the fallout a bit more with, like, the mm-hmm. banks being shut down and people not being able to get their money. Right. And um, then we also get Elliot, who's completely isolated. And at the time, it's, I, I for me, after the premiere, was very intriguing. You know, he had completely shut out, and he was like, I don't want to do anything with Mr. Robot anymore now that I know who he is and what he's caused, and because he won't tell me things I need to know. Um, so as far as just the premiere... Oh, and we also met some new characters like... Uh, Don, Leon. Don, yeah, Leon. Ray. Ray. All these interesting new elements, and to me, I didn't mind, because I know this is one thing Rich and I talked about a lot the first few weeks, but... Um, and I'll be interested to hear what you thought after the pilot, the premiere... I liked where Elliot was at. I, I thought it was an interesting change of pace. It certainly isn't where I would have thought he would be at uh, after the finale. But, you know, he was following this routine. He was trying to just completely cut himself off. And for a premiere, for the first, like, episode of the pilot, I thought that was a good place to... Or the first episode of the season, I thought that's a good place to put him. Where it's like, yeah, you need to find a way to, like, pull him back in and make him want to again. I'm t- I was totally fine with that. So, as far as where everything was at there, I was intrigued by all the different plot threads. Yeah, and for me, I was really enjoying the new characters that we met. Um, I mean, obviously, like, I was... My, my whole takeaway on... on go- take on going into the season was they need to broaden. Everything's going wide. Uh, and part of that was bringing in new cast members. I mean, we lost some last season, but, but also... Um, there were things that I liked and things that I didn't like. Dom, I love Dom. Uh, at least in, in the premiere, I loved Dom. Um, Ray, I really liked Ray. I didn't know where he was going. Um, uh, Leon, I wasn't the hugest fan of. I don't remember what I said in my review, but at, at this point, and, and I think at that point, uh, he was all right. I don't know what to expect. He could be cool. He could not be. Mm-hmm. Seinfeld stuff just kind of fell flat on me. I was like, whatever. Um, but overall, I mean, it's still like an 8 out of 10 episode of television for me, or an 8-5. I think I gave it something like that. Because I love what Mr. Robot is. I love what the show is like. What I didn't love was... 
where Elliot was. Um, it felt closed off. It felt depressing. And I understand that that you know a show is supposed to make you feel things, and it's not about me feeling great about everything. But at a certain point, uh, watching him on that 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 rundown basketball court. And seeing him in that house, in that room, with his mom rocking in the rocking chair, and just how closed and depressing and somber it all felt, uh, and, and how limited it all was. Obviously, we learn later why these were the case, but at the time, I was just like, man. And, and also, his plot, basically, and, and it goes on that way for the first six episodes, is all about his battle in his own head with Mr. Robot, primarily. Um, now... I now know why that was, or what Esmail's thinking was behind that. That said, um, it's very hard for me to. It was a slog. It was a slog. Six episodes or five, six episodes is too long. It was way too long (laughs) for that. And and I might as well just say, like his thought, his thinking on this was to go after season one when you find out. And, and we knew we had to deal with this somehow, right? You sure. find out that you have this insidious element in your head. Insidious is his father, which makes him more warm and welcoming. But at the same time, it's it's definitely a, a an enemy combatant in your own head. And if, if Elliot is going to be the character that he is, this is all Esmail talking, paraphrase. If he's going to be the, the good person that he is, who wants to help people, he's not going to like this. Plus, like you said, Mr. Robot's lying to him. So at that point, you have a big conflict. And to not resolve that big conflict and not to go really in-depth and handle that would be disingenuous, was his word for it. It would be dishonest to not go into that. That's what would be done. So, therefore, he says, now, we have a psych- they, they have a, psych- a psychologist on staff. They're like, what do we do? And the psychologist tells you what it would be like if you had multiple personality in your head and how that would feel and all the ramifications of it and, and ways to deal with it. And we took all of that and we tried to make it Interesting. We tried to give them an interesting way to dramatize something that's really not that interesting. And that's what brings on, and I think it comes in the next episode or whatever, that Adderall shit. Where he's throwing up Adderall and then picking them up off the... What? Well, well, nothing. No, I was going to say before we get to that, because we haven't heard Kevin's thoughts on the premiere. Well, I wasn't going to get into okay, that. Okay, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. But, but just, just those kind of... Yeah, you're right. I am going jumping ahead. Yeah, no, right. But just... just the, 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 the Anyway, I'll, I'll shut that down and just say the darkness... Of and the closed offness of this whole thing, and that's one of the reason Esmail was doing that. But you know, it really is. It, it anyway. So so we see that Elliot's off on his own. Another thing we don't get is so so the only plot progression we're going to get from Elliot really in the first six, unless that any of this stuff ends up pertaining, uh, is is stuff about his battle with Mr. Robot. That's all I wanted to say about that. But what we get on the other flip side then is the story still moving forward with F Society. And so Darlene is still moving things forward on her end, and Dom is doing an investigation. So what we basically get is it, it, it turns into from one perspective to three primarily. Darlene, Dom, and, and, and Mr. Robot uh, slash Elliot. And so the Darlene and Dom stuff I was really enjoying, and I, I really liked it there. With I, Price and White Rose kind of yeah, weaving through, weaving yeah. through it. Right, Sorry. exactly, exactly. Very, very peripherally. Um, and, oh, and then there's Angela. So that's another part. I oh, think, Angela. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot more going on. And yeah. Joanna. They, yeah. That but jo- there are threads that get lost, too. So it's like them yeah. not immediately coming to your mind. Yeah. But we'll talk more yeah, about that. Yeah, because, yeah, in these episodes, Joanna gets the music box delivered. Um, in these episodes, they do the break into Susan Jacobs' smart house, and they and they set up their new base there. So all this stuff is happening, and it's interesting. It's all very much table setting. Um, it's, it's, it's very... It feels pretty long, these episodes. Um, but at that point, I was sort of cautious, again, cautiously optimistic. I was like, they're doing a very different thing this season. That's clear. 
I don't love when I'm spending time with Elliot. It feels painful. But I really like the direction the show's going. And that's kind of where I was at that point. Yeah. How about you? Yeah, I mean, the premiere was promising. Um, it laid out a lot of exposition that, um, like, so new characters introduced. Um, I really liked Ray the most. Yeah. I, I just, um, the dialogue he had there where he goes up to Elliot and Elliot's not responsive. And he just goes on this, like, very, I think you said in your review, like, very Tarantino-esque dialogue. Um, that I loved. Um, I do feel the same way about, um, you know, with Elliot and the Mr. Robot dynamic, I was just worried that this was going to go on too long, and it did really, you know, but, um, which was unfortunate, but, um, because I think it was necessary, I didn't think it, but I think it was overdone, um, but as far as looking, I like the idea of looking at the inner workings of E-Corp, expanding the world, as we talked about, um, and bringing in these new characters, but I still couldn't tell exactly where it was going to go because it laid out. It was pretty much a full-on exposition episode, and you um, could have it, it could have been an exposition for three different shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, um, and like the thing with Joanna, I'm like, where is this going to go? Where is Tyrell? Where is um, you know who exactly is White Rose? What is going Cause on? Because at here? this point, we have different things in our head than we ended up having later exactly. in the season. Exactly. Like at that point in my head is where's that gun? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's that on the phone? Because there yeah. were those mysterious calls from Tyrell, it yeah. seemed. All that kind of stuff. That was what was going through my head. So, uh, a couple episodes later, uh, that thinking that I had was unrecognizable. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It was so different. But at that point, that's where my head still was. That's that, and that's that's a thought I wanted to bring up. Because it was a question I wonder... It's impossible to rewatch this season fresh, obviously. Right. Or even season one at that point. But I think one of the things that hurts the season is that, for me, like by the time it got to the halfway of the season, I understood where the focus really was this season, because I feel like it's not on Elliot. I mean, it is to an extent, but I feel like F Society and Angela and Price and all that is where kind of like the more narrative push is. Yeah. Do you think it would have been... And it's Esmail, so he obviously could have done this. He might have thought about doing this. Do you think it might have been more a better choice to like... Because there's an episode without Elliot later in the season. Right. I almost kind of wish he'd opened with that, like just no Elliot whatsoever at the very beginning, because he's he would have been a good mission statement. It would have exactly. It would have more refocused, been like, okay, this is where there's more focus. It also would have shortened that you know interminable slog through Elliot if we just like meet him in the second episode and really focus on this there and make it and make it very clear. This to is everyone obviously watching you know, Monday night, right? Monday morning quarterback. Well, not for him but though. Not for not him, for no. Esmail. And so yeah, what, what you would have then had was an ensemble show set up as an ensemble show from the beginning. Yeah, because there's elements of it. It's like one of the most the things I noticed immediately in this season is it it it's like the first time in. Uh, since the beginning of the series, that E Corp is called E Corp frequently because Elliot's not around to influence how we're. I remember things. you mentioned that, and it, it made an impact on me because I hadn't noticed till you said that. So it was one of those things where it's like, yeah, you're kind of hinting that yes, obviously Elliot. I mean, and obviously because he's isolated, his influence is less. But it's like, I, I wish it had been more concrete from the beginning where we should be focusing, and because Elliot is the protagonist, or allegedly, he certainly was in the first season, and that's where we're, like, most interested. Well, he still ends up as the prime mover, I mean, so... By the end, yeah. Right. So, um, you know, it, so, I mean, he definitely is the, the, the main, like, force at play, but all this other stuff's really important, too. Um, it's, it's interesting. So you're thinking that... I think that would have been a it, good move. It gave me the sense that it's like, okay, things aren't really gonna get moving till Elliot shows back. Up. Yes! Yes, and you're right. It is a bold... It, it is a show that made a bunch of bold, divisive decisions this season, so why not that decision? That's a really good thought. It, it, yeah. I, I can't find any flaw in that thought. No. Um, I, yeah. Go ahead, Tim. No, I mean, I think that really, I mean, look at 
I mean, it, I mean, you can compare it to like you know, Game of Thrones kind of thing. It's like the you know episodes of Game of Thrones where Tyrion's not there and you want him there, but it's an ensemble show. And this is, I mean, solidifies that. I mean, the first season was very focused on Elliot, but we've now that we've expanded the world and we've looked at the plot from different angles, it's definitely not confined to his story. So right. I think it's yeah. well worth. So uh, one thing I wanted to mention about this premiere before we move off of it uh or is that gideon dies yeah that's right yeah. and i hated that decision and think about how i don't know for you but did it you almost forget it happened a couple of episodes i then. did yeah. yeah and not only that but i maybe i'm missing it but i don't know who killed him just a random dude yeah Brock the, yeah is his name who's that yeah why is he dead right what I think the it, fuck it, it furthered that idea that yeah, they did the hack, but it, the right people still weren't getting in trouble. Like, Gideon, if anything... Like, he was the closest to a purely good-intentioned yeah, good character. character the yeah, show had, yeah. outside of Shayla. Like, Gideon's death affected me more. I like Gideon a lot. Yeah, but I never thing. You can thing. say Shayla has good intentions, but she's a drug dealer. Well, sure. You know I just I mean? remember a lot of the writing Gideon about is her a good, good yeah. being that she was, like, the one of the hearts of the well, show. People and, loved her. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's entirely fine. I, but Gideon obviously had more time to develop and, sure, and, sure. and have an arc over the first sure. season. So I was definitely... It was a shame to see him get. Punished. I really didn't like that, and then I think we. That was forward, I, I don't know. Yeah, I didn't like it either, but it was part of the point. Yeah, yeah. No, I get, I get that. Um, but you know, I don't know. It's, 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 it's. It, it was. It, it's interesting. So at that point, I was like, all right, well, we'll see where this goes. I certainly didn't enjoy watching that that premiere as much as I enjoyed watching the first premiere. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Um, but it was one of those things where I was like, all right, this is table setting. Let's see what happens next. And so what happens next is. Uh, season, excuse me, episode um, two, uh, or, or really, it's a, it's the third episode of the season. We'll, 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 let's do it as uh, like the num- the real number, so that it yeah, would be yeah. the third episode. Sure. Yeah. Um, and so this is this starts with uh, Romero wanting to rent the arcade. That that scene, that really yeah. cool uh, Tarantino again esque yeah, uh, yeah. scene where they have like, and this is one thing that really um, happens this whole season. Like you know, you were talking about in the first season how. There are all those scenes where, you know, and you were saying it too, Kevin, maybe it was yeah. you, about like the orchestral score in the beginning. Oh, yeah. And yeah. then the Mr. Robot scene where they open the really shop. Yeah, or just good. all the different scenes that open the show that are really compelling, almost sure. like a little, like, like again, like a uh, just a, a vignette. A vignette. Yeah. Yeah, like almost like one of those uh, uh, one shot. Um, Marvel things. Marvel one-shots. Yeah, almost like that. Somewhere in the universe, here's what's going on, but thematically it'll tie in, or maybe it won't, sure. and it just gives more color. So this was a great scene. I remember really liking this scene. Um, watching that, I was like, this is really compelling to watch. It doesn't really change much, but it, it, it also shows you that this hacker group was much smaller and less like I really got the impression in the first season like F Society was like a bigger thing. Really? Yeah, I, did. I always thought it was like just the six of them hanging out. Yeah, but out there's now. not even six. You know what I mean? There's no Mr. Robot. You know, there's just I don't know. I, it felt it felt bigger to me last season, and this season it, it seemed a lot smaller. But but then again, it does grow this season. Oh, it, it does, yeah. But I, anyway, that scene I really saw like how like kind of low rent, and it's cool because it's like what a couple people can do. I mean, I like that aspect of it. Um, and then the news of Gideon's uh, death shocks Elliot. Um, okay, and then Mobley finds Romero dead at home. And then when we find out later in the season, you can't really talk about this without later finding out why Romero's dead, and it's bullshit. <laughs> I mean, is it anything but bullshit? You got what do you guys think? What was the exact reason again? A stray bullet yeah, okay. from next door came by and killed him, just so that they would think the Dark Army is after them. Or, or, or I mean, that's why. Excuse me, I switched there to S Mills thinking. 
Like, that's why he did it, so that, that he could trigger the characters to think the Dark Army was trying to kill him. This is the thing about his Lynch influence and his world is just, it's so bizarre that I feel like they'll do things like that and then just write them off as like, well, we can get away with this because it's ambiguous and it's weird it's, and it keeps and it's consistent with the tone of the show, you know? Like it's this. one of those things that in like a true crime documentary, they'd yeah, be yeah. like stranger than fiction because that yeah, stuff yeah, yeah, does yeah. happen. That's right, the thing. It's right. like these insane coincidences do occur in real life. And sure. people are like, that's why, that's where this phrase stranger than fiction comes from where it's sure. like, very true. Holy crap. This actually happened this way. But it's like, you know, I don't know. By the time it was revealed, I was so numb to a lot of just the the reveals that I, I didn't notice it as much as a big, big deal. No, especially it since, wasn't. Especially since so much of the infamous emphasis was on how paranoid everyone in F Society was at that point. Yeah, so it really, I mean, but that's the thing. Like, I don't really think it needed that to make everybody paranoid enough. I think I said in my review, like, you don't need Romero dead to trigger the paranoia. There's plenty of reasons to trigger it. Plenty of legit. Like, for example, the FBI investigation. So that was a big focus of this episode. This is the one where um, we really get to start to see Dominique DiPero. And I really want to say that one thing this season did exceptionally well uh, was the stuff, uh, like the sort of her in her apartment stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, And this is really where I started to see for the first time that this season was nailing uh, the, the character building. Because really, on last season, aside from Elliot, how much no. in-depth character do you get with the supporting characters? Very little. Lot. And in right. this one... Angela totally... got the most, I Angela felt, did, yeah. Season. Yes. But this season, and then this season gets a totally different version of it. Mm-hmm. But it, it's just that Dom really got... She was the first to really show they were going to do this. Like, these mm-hmm. long scenes where they show, like, long footage of her not doing anything directly plot-related, but showing her motivation in small little gestures. Uh, and I and there's scenes like that throughout the whole season, and then there's scenes like that that involve Ray, and there's scenes like that that involve other characters, and it's real uh, one that involves uh, Darlene and, and Elliot just sitting in their apartment smoking weed and talking about that movie, which gives the reveal about where the Another mask one of the came vignettes. from. But these vignettes, right? But even still, like sometimes it's in the vignettes, sometimes it's in the episode. But either way, they're these long, sort of dreamlike, but not dreamlike in a, in, in effect. Just 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 they're languid. Yeah. They they just last and and I think that this is when we started to see that for for Dom um, and see who she is as a person in this very what's the word like uh, experiential way mm-hmm. you know we're there with her and we see what she's going through and that was and that I thought was really cool and then um, I just wanted to make sure I get all the info and then we can talk about it and then um, Ray uh, is the really the Ray stuff really takes off here where he's on the hunt for a cyber engineer this may be where we see. Uh, that one guy who gets his ass kicked and Ray sort of maybe responsible for it. Um, this is when um, let's see, Philip Price oh invites Angela to dinner and asks her to make take matters work less personally. Mm-hmm. So that was another, in my opinion, it was plot based, but it was also very like long speeches and character developing. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of the episode that was. I remember enjoying it quite a bit. I, um, I like I liked I a know. lot about it. A lot of these things are like just just. Beats in the character threads, and I feel like we'll get a chance to like discuss each character in depth later. Yeah, because um, I don't want to like oscillate between episodic full season a lot, but I, I, I did like I liked Dom a lot yeah. this season. Grace yeah. Gummer, uh, Meryl Streep's daughter, actually. Right, right. I, uh, I, I was introduced to her via Extant, which she was genius in. It all comes back to Extant. It all comes back to Extant. <laughs> That's right. No, um, There's the, even a dude the, from Mentalist uh, in that. Anyway. <laughs> um, I I thought she was a very interesting character, and I, I thought the show integrated her really quickly and really well. I mean, she felt just naturally 
pulled into the series. Um, so I, I was happy that she was around the whole season. And yeah, I think this episode was where we really got a sense of she's good at her job. She's a good person in general and personal life. She's obviously sacrificed for the job. Um, but she was a good character and I, I was glad to get to know her more. I was glad to get to know everyone more. Again, it's that sense of Elliot was in this episode, but it was a lot of the sort of, because the next episode is the one we're divisive on, right? The, the pill one. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Um, refresh my memory. In it one, um, let's see. Um, oh yeah, this is, this is, um, the one that has the scene I was talking about with Darlene and and Elliot sitting and smoking weed at the beginning and they find out about the Halloween mask. Um, uh, let's see, uh, Elliot rejects, oh, and then there's the thing about the, the, the chess match, um, and if they can, if he can beat him in chess, then he can live for, if, if he can beat Elliot so in chess, So was it not until the fourth episode that it was, like, the pills and the cement and all that? Well, no, this is the fourth, um, I'm seeing that right here, uh, and then, um, Krista advises against it, Leon tells him to fight for what he wants, so that's the first time we see that Krista is there advising him in jail. That's right. God, the season dragged on. Uh, I'm, really I'm moving, I'm yeah. moving up because the episode did. I know we disagree on is the one with Elliot taking the Adderall, and that's like one of my favorites of the season. But it's like, God, that really didn't come to like. Four no, it might have been this one. Hold on, was it that one? The match ends in three stalemates. <laughs> no, because I think there was an episode. Dominique that was finds a bullet casing in the arcade. White Rose pressures Price to stay on schedule, and monitors the FBI. Angela assumes Price wants her to settle the class action lawsuit. Um... Turn it to other executives, blah, blah, blah. Joanna is running low. Uh, anyway, um, just trying to find that what, what this is really about. Cisco tells Darlene Dark Army wouldn't have killed Romero, whose murder might have something to do with an illegal FBI surveillance program called... Okay, so we hear about Berenstain at this point, okay. which, again, is like a MacGuffin. Um, Elliot agrees to help Ray, but secretly uses the computer to contact Darlene and hack the FBI. So, yeah, it's not that episode. Hmm. Um, so that was, that was an interesting one. Uh, I remember enjoying it. That was the one, I think, where... We see that, uh, yeah, she comes to his door and she's like, Elliot, I told you if I can't handle myself that I would come to you and say, in it one. See, that is, that, that episode, the chess episode, because... A lot of people talk shit on the chess episode. Because, like, as great as Esmael is at a lot of things, he went with the chess metaphor. Like, could he have picked a more played out plot element for this? Confrontation between the two. It's like sitting there watching them. There's still a shit made ton chess. of chess in the first season, first half of the season too. Yeah, and, and then him and like, Ray too. They should have just made fun of it and had, like pan the camera over to like Ian McKellen and Patrick Stewart or something. You it's know, like, like when a, it or, or done like a real dot searching for Bobby Fisher like yeah, 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 yeah. they're yeah. slamming down the things and going back and forth and like fake crowds appear and anyway. It's yeah, like yeah, one yeah. of the things I admire about the entire season, however I feel about the plot and how some of the things developed, is that. It is one of the more, most, uh, you know, artistically beautiful shows yeah. with some great shots and ideas. Mm-hmm. And even when it's bizarre, it's like, you're wondering... I mean, it's very avant-garde at times. Like, mm-hmm. there's that one scene, I think it's in the second or third episode, where uh, he imagines sitting down to dinner with everybody, like, in the middle of New York City on the street. It's like, that's such a weird little scene, but it's unique. That was, but, that, that was probably one of my favorite moments. And also, the idea there was that, because I heard Esmail talking about this, is that, that Elliot's driving force, what that really got home is his real goal, and I didn't know this, is to be happy. Yeah. And that he, I mean, not that everybody doesn't want that, but we really thought in season one, I did, that he was like so driven by all these goals and missions, that that was really his focus. But maybe that's more the Mr. Robot side of him. And really, for I mean, it's somewhat Elliot, but his real goal is just to be happy, to find yeah. happiness in life, and that was that scene shows that. I think my favorite bizarre moments of the entire season were that and then the Full House thing. Where it was just like, 
that was like that episode was actually might be my favorite of the season. It was enough after a long slog of I mean, we'll get to it, but after a long slog of just like really tiresome and hard to get through episodes, that was a nice like whoa weird wacky wake me up. Yeah, but but with with three and four, I guess it's again it's that sense of man, Elliot is here. But he's not really doing anything because it, it is yeah, like yeah. the chess, as played out as the metaphor is, it makes clear that yeah, everything up till now has been a stalemate yeah. in this in it, this that's story. That's a really like, good point. And and honestly, at this point, I was really starting to get it was starting to get long in the tooth for me. This was my like uh, the third review out I did, and I remember at this point I was like, Esmail, you have been given too much freedom. Like you, your episodes are 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 an hour and a half long. Directing every everyone. freaking one. Just an hour and, and a half everyone. long, yeah. and th- you've never done episodes where less happens, and they're twice as long as any episode you ever did last mm-hmm. season. Yeah. Now I've heard him talking about this, and for example, the because uh, these are the ones that people were like, "Dude, these episodes are too fucking long. Edit your shit," you know. And he was talking about that scene with uh, Darlene and Elliot in the uh, Halloween in the Halloween mask, and he says, "Here's what we did. We shot that scene, and we knew it was too long." Um, we said this is too long there's no way we can do this nothing is directly happening lots of little subtle things are happening and there's all kinds of subtext and all that but the but the scene is absolutely is, is too long he said so we we edited it and we said here and he says but I love it he goes if we cut anything we just lose too much we lose too much in the table setting process we just lose too much and and so he says that's right it's it's called he doesn't know how to kill your darlings at all in that yeah. sense so he then he takes says here's what we're gonna do we're going to take. The, we're going to make the cut. This cut, and he says, and I cut out more of that. There was more of that scene, and he says, and I cut out three, four minutes of it, and then we took that cut, which I was still sure was way too long. We showed it to everybody inside USA, and everybody loved it. He goes, not one person said it was too long. Everyone said, nope, it's perfect. Run it, and this just shows me. This story just demonstrates the kind of carte blanche thinking and support that 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 made the season what it is. You know, so things are always sick a, of fans. Yes, exactly. Things are like. always a process of a, a, a result of their environment. Things always are. You know, you take you take a, a, a Harvard educated student. You know, and generally speaking, not always. Generally speaking, you can trace all the way back to how that got created. And if you look at this Mr. L- this Mr. Robot show, Esmail, you know, was in a very different mode. He was fighting for his life. He was scrappy. This was his passion project last season. Now he's fucking high on the hog. Emmy nominations. Time to think. Emmy about, wins. Emmy wins. Time to think about how you know everybody really likes him, and and but also time to really double down and say you know I got to stay true to my artistic vision, man. You know, and all that kind of stuff. And 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 you know, it's just that environment that he was in but anyway he said he said because because a lot of they were talking this 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 podcast about how the later episodes got shorter when more stuff would theoretically happen and and what he said was we can cut stuff later in the season that's just good fun stuff or just good compelling stuff because at that point we're done table setting he said but at this point we're doing table setting and we would just lose too much in the table setting he said so that's why the early episodes are longer because at that point we were setting up things to be addressed later in the plot that's his argument that's maybe a lot of table setting for a show um i don't know but yeah I that just show felt... is a one big table set the whole season yeah but again i just feel like if you cut elliot down or yeah. not entirely mm-hmm. it's like i actually i like that scene it, it, cut Me something too? else there's more episodes i know um but i don't know um yeah so those those first three or four episodes are very i think they're they, long however much you like the beginning they do slog on yeah uh, now maybe this is the one where I'm I'm standing alone on this, but well, uh, Kevin, did you have something someone to say about that? Or no, you that's, okay, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. 
so I guess the next episode is where Elliot really starts to fight back against Mr. Robot. Which was supposed to be what was going on throughout these episodes, but instead it's in the fifth episode. So uh, this is where... It's called Logic Bomb. It's episode five. Mm-hmm. Elliot writes the FBI malware, uh, hack malware from Ray's computer. Darlene tells Angela they can wipe the FBI's records connecting her to the all-safe CD if she helps, but she declines at that point. Joanna's contact uh, fears the FBI's onto them as she orders, and she, oh, so she orders him killed. This is that episode. Um, Elliot, uh, <laughs> and I, I do like this episode more than you. Elliot, I forgot about that. Elliot tells Ray that he must communicate uh, with his previous IT specialist, RT. Okay, so this is okay. No, no. Earlier he met him. But in this episode, he works with him. I see. Okay. Ray reluctantly agrees, brings RT over. Dom and her team travel to China. Oh, fuck yes. I love this part. To investigate the Dark Army. No, I love this episode. Uh, the involvement in 5-9. No, it was the previous episode that had the... Uh, it must have been with the Adderall. They just didn't mention it. It must have been. I don't know how you don't mention it. Because in this one, they, there they meet Minister Chinese Minister Zhang... Uh, who's actually white? That's Rose. right, because he has to. Yeah, he has to after, do all that before he agrees. To after work. Dom and Jang have a private <laughs> conversation, gunmen attack the office. Uh, after her ex-boyfriend Ollie sells her out to the FBI, Angela decides to aid with the hack. Elliot <laughs> asks RT what happened to him, and RT reveals Ray runs a black market site like Tra- Silk Road. Um, and uh, then um, uh, thugs break in Elliot's house, drag him into the street, and beat him while Ray says, "I told you not to look." All right, that was All good. Right. Well, then we're we're missing out. Okay, so let's talk back Elliot's, about episode four and Adderall. Yeah, let's talk about Elliot and Adderall. Uh, that's my favorite episode of the season, hands down. I, I think it is. As much as I dislike how dragged out a lot of the Elliot stuff is, I think that the 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 shots that they use to show him drugged out, the the way Rami Malek plays it, um, the 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 weirdness of it, him vomiting up the Adderall, the weird cement. Uh, or the whole like oh, I hate second that illusion that he puts on top with like the dudes kidnapping and pouring cement down. I his thought throat. you were all about hating, not knowing what's real and what's not too much. Yeah, too much. It's a double is... double illusion you just referenced. But we don't know that at the time. In fairness, it look. I'm saying what? in terms of week to week, as I was watching it, this is without a doubt the best time I had with the show all season. Okay, I love those scenes. I love the cement thing. I loved like it. It's 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 a gross scene, but seeing him like dig through his own vomit because he's so desperate to say "f you, Mister Robot," I like that. I like him. I mean, I don't love the job. Again, I want, out. I want them to work together, even at that point. So that also bums me out. Like that whole the whole premise of trying to fight Mister Robot with Adderall. Just, I mean, it's one thing to want to try to like work out an agreement or get him to tell me shit, but it's another thing to say I'm going to keep you out in a plan that is patently absurd and stupid as fuck and will never work and he fucking knows it it's more likely to be suicide than to kill Mr. Robot and maybe he's okay with that again like okay it's one of those common arguments it's not stupid it's like why people hate Skylar on Breaking Bad because you're watching a show again I haven't seen the last season alright just saying you're watching a show about a guy who the whole point of the show is he's becoming a drug kingpin so if you have a character who's actively fighting against him becoming a drug kingpin people illogic well not necessarily logic well I think in Breaking Bad's case illogically don't like them because they're stop trying to do the right thing and stop them from being a drug right, kingpin. Right, but they're the protagonist. And so it's like, it's one of those weird disconnects where it's like, you really should... Like, Skylar's not a bad person. She just doesn't want her husband to be a drug kingpin. Yeah. And so when you come over to Mr. Robot, it's like, Mr. Robot is a very hugely destructive force in Elliot's life. So him wanting to get rid of him makes sense. I don't know. I like those scenes. I can see that. Oh. 
And as far as all of his, like, he makes a lot of rants. Um, I liked, I always liked seeing him go on one of those rants, which is why it felt like him coming back to life a little bit. Oh, is that the one in the church? Yes. Oh, God, I hate that scene. But haven't we heard enough of the anti-religious rhetoric scenes? I agree, but it was also a reference to Fight Club, which, as if there haven't been enough. As if we don't need more of those fights. But it was also a sign of, like, Elliot losing it and going back to who he really is. So I like that aspect of it. I don't know. I felt like out of all the scenes in the prison, as it were, yeah, that whole environment, that was the the one where I felt like it was actually moving forward. And Elliot, we, because it, again, you need to play that plot. But out. see, that's where it doesn't move forward. But see, see what you you what, need to see him fight you, again. But see, you now see you're agreeing really... with the with what what Esmail did this for the first four or five episodes. Not all of that's them. exactly what you're saying, though. Is that you need to see that quote, played out. Yes, and, and that's where it gets played out. That's what I'm saying. Those first three or four, it's just Elliot kind of being like, no, leave me alone, Mr. Robot, shoot me in the head. And he's not really, he's just sort of like actively trying to ignore him. Well, he had a different strategy. He's using him. the journal. And he's using the not going on the web. Yeah. He's using different strats. He is, but this one actually just felt like the final desperate go. I don't know. I liked it. Because you it's said just... you didn't like the prison twist. I didn't, no. See, that's what, I don't see how that coincides with this argument. Like, I mean, I thought, I think that's a net, like, those go hand in hand, if you, I don't know, for me, because if he's fighting against Mr. Robot, and if it, like, and he's in this confined environment, I think it makes sense that it's, he's been in prison. Well, I'm not disagreeing with, like, why he went to prison. I'm disagreeing, well, I guess we'll get to it. Yeah, we'll we'll get to it. No, no, we'll get to it. I don't want to get to it yet. Okay, I'm just curious. I mean, yeah, we'll discuss more. Okay. Um, anyway, okay, you're positive on that episode, best of the season. Got it. Um, right? It's one of my two top. I, I, I go back and forth on which one I like the most. We'll get to the other one. Okay, cool. Um, so anyway, that brings us to this one that we're talking about. Uh, this one is one of my favorite episodes of the season, and, and the reason is um, the stuff in uh, in China. I think the stuff between, and I want to watch it again, like I, if you put it on right now, I'd be riveted to it. This yeah. is another it example of yeah. the, I know what the word is, the humanistic uh, approach to storytelling that he uses this season with the clocks and the White Rose and Dom and the way they're playing each other but using like questions that are very innocent sounding and that interplay it's genius you have two people that are at the absolute fucking top of their game they're incredibly shrewd they're incredibly smart and both of which are using illusion uh, and public and private personas and uh, you know any technique that they possibly have at their disposal to make make things work those scenes in fact for the first, the first episode, I was like, "This season's, we'll see how it goes." The second, excuse me, the the third and fourth or whatever, um, I was like, "Oh my god, Mister Robot, I'm I'm not enjoying myself anymore." Period. Especially after the fourth episode in the end, I was like, "I'm not even enjoying myself. It's too painful. It's miserable. It's so dark and gloomy." By this episode, I literally, I remember, I wrote to myself uh, a little message, um, and it was, and it was, um, it was something about. Hold on one second. It was. Um, I wrote it at the time when I saw it. Um, it was like finally, or or something like that. Um, hold on one second. I'll say about this episode. Yeah. Um, I I still don't know what uh, her deal is, but I really do like White Rose as a character, and and mm-hmm. so getting to get a bit more of her backstory and Dom's at the same time, like the interaction they have. I agree with Rich. It's it one of the best scenes in the season. This was a good episode. I mean, it was something that took you into a new environment, explored a new territory, and gave you more of who this character was yeah. and explored the Dark Army story, and the I, Dark Army storyline. And because it was Dark Army, like, that whole scene of the conversation, because she's an FBI agent, mm. and, you know, she doesn't know uh, what her background is, sure. it's like, 
there's that sense of danger throughout it where it's like it could turn on Dom at any second. And it does later in the episode when the actual shootout happens. Um, so, I, I yeah, I found that whole storyline in that episode to be fantastic. And so here was the, what I wrote. I wrote, finally that feeling has returned. That's sublime. Can't wait to hear the next densely meaningful sentence from Elliot's mouth. Magically intoxicating and addictive feeling that makes me love TV, love creative fiction, love life with all my heart feeling has returned. Mr. Robot is back and just in the nick of time. That was my note to myself on that day. And I just, I remember feeling like this reminds me of why I love this show. The scenes like that scene in the very first episode of the very first season when he's having that, you know, talk with the, laying that guy to rest with his words, very subtle and quiet, but it has so much filled with such meaning. Or when they say the world is controlled by a few people in boardrooms. Those kind of like incredibly meaningful sentences that are said in a low key way. And again, this episode, all the way through, I was feeling that awesome feeling again. So anyway, I just loved that. Uh, I love this episode. I just think it's phenomenal, especially the China stuff. The shootout was brutal, um, but it was, it, it worked. Um, and everything was believable about it. Like, I believe that they would kill everybody, and then even though she's not dead, they'd kill themselves. Like, it's all, be- I believed it all. Um, and also, this was the one uh, where we found out, oh, I remember, we found out about Silk Road. And when I heard that at the end of that episode, and I saw Elliot clicking through there with his eyes, and Rami, partly due to good acting and partly due to genetics, is able to get, like, the wide-eyed look really well, and he just looks so horrified. He's clicking through it, and it's like, oh, my God. Here's a guy in some ways is, like, numb to life, and in other ways is incredibly alive with passion and emotion, and he's seeing this go by, and when he gets to, like... The, the slaves that are being sold on that site, I was just like, oh my god, this is the most horrendous thing. And then to juxtapose that reveal against the character Ray is mild-mannered, talking to his dead wife, you know, just, just very different, loves his dog, um, and, and then he's running this horrendous site. Uh, it was just, it was phenomenal. I mean, I just, I love, love that episode, and it triggered my passion for Mr. Robot season to come back. Um... I liked that reveal. I liked Ray as a character a lot. We yeah. kind of briefly touched on him, and I think yeah, yeah. Uh, his big moment is at the end of the next episode, right before the reveal. I think th- th- those are in the same episode, right? Like where Ray has the final. They play chess and have the final talk yeah, together, yeah, yeah. and then it goes into the reveal. Um, no, that's the one after because the next episode we get is the full house. Thing. The yeah, the full it's, house. I want to talk thing. about that one. Yeah. So I guess we're up to that? Yeah, yeah, we are. So in this one, uh, Master Slave, episode six, Elliot experiences a twisted sitcom version of a family road trip with Terrell locked in the trunk, featuring Alf. Uh, Mr. Robot encourages him to keep his eyes forward, uh, blah, blah, blah. Upon being locked away by Lone Star, Elliot hugs Mr. Robot for protecting his mind during the beating. That was awesome. Uh, a flashback reveals that the day before Elliot's father told him he was fired for being sick, but also let Elliot know the name of the let him name the computer store. Cisco receives equipment from the Dark Army for society's hack, but they break off the needle in his finger uh, for asking too many questions. Dom was spared in the shooting as both attackers killed themselves. Though the attack is blamed on Chinese separatists, she is determined to investigate the Dark Army. Congress refuses to move forward with Philip Price's bailout. And to borrow money from China because the FBI agents were killed there. Darlene and Mobley catch Coach Angela through hacking the FBI. Um, but Dom appears uh, just before she can finish. Okay. So it's interesting what you guys said about why those were your favorite episodes. This was mine for, like, those same reasons. Okay. Because I kind of, like, wake... Whereas I was getting kind of tired of just the dense atmosphere and everything that was going on and just so many plot lines introduced but not a lot of answers... This was just a nice wake up that it was so bizarre and out of left field. And I mean, just 
the way he used the sitcom um, half the episode to do all this really bleak, dark comedy um, was really fantastic and I think coincided perfectly with the show. Um, and just seeing Elliot and Darlene um, in the same episode. On a Game there. Boy? On a Game I mean, I'm like, there was just, it was just, it's hard to describe it. It was just, that's stuff you only see in something like this or a Lynch film or, um, you know, something in that um, area. And so uh, I was just really intrigued by this episode from start to finish. And um, and I liked that it didn't spend the whole time in the Full House thing. It was like. Um, Get ready was, for Jordan's like, thoughts on that one. And you're, you, you agreed with me. Okay, it's a little uh, long. Okay, no, no, I mean, no. like, I, I like that it breaks off and then gets back to the main story, but how it all ties together. This was my favorite episode. I, I think that's fair. And actually, to, to speak on the positive first, <laughs> it's for a completely different reason. Sure. Uh, I really like the the weird kind of, like, 70s, not even 70s, I guess, because, well, I like the weird spy movie music and, like, turn it takes yeah, with yeah, Angelo's yeah. trying to hack the FBI. Like, I like that. But, yeah, I... I it was very much a head tilt, and I liked a lot of what they did in the first half, but, again, this feels like Esmail not wanting to kill his darlings, because, honestly, <laughs> it goes on for, you know, like, 25 minutes. The scene is 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 unacceptable, I think, with that. I mean, unless you love it with an absolute passion like you did, I think that, I think pretty much 9 out of 10 analytical people looking at this would say it's just too long. Like, to me, it's, it's like... It's just too long. Well, Maybe, I, mean, I that, love it, but it's too long. Well, given that pretty much everything was too yes, long this season, yes. I, I guess Excellent it, point. it didn't really... And it stand was, out, it right. It didn't stand out, and it was... I'd rather do that than see that's an excellent Elliot point. in his room for 25 minutes. I, that's I a great point. Like, Another fucking slog where he's in his bed. Well, when again, I was looking for pictures... Out of the episode. When I was looking for pictures for my first couple reviews, every picture was him in his fucking bed. Yep. Like looking up, like, like right. and then looking up with with blood on his face, right. and then looking up like with different blood on his face. I I just it's it, I, I guess it's just like it had one point to hit with the awkward like sure instance of it, and it just kept hitting it. And honestly, it's like oh, you got some vintage USA commercials and beer commercials, and made some fake eighties E Corp commercials, and it's like he just didn't want to cut that, so he was like, all right, I got to go two full acts with this thing because I want to do these commercials in the middle. Yeah, and it's like I mean that was cool though. It was but, cool, but it's like. But he could have come back for one second and then flipped it. He like, could, you know, that would have probably been been the better move. I, I mean that that scene is cool. Um, at the, I mean, I think it's very clear to all everyone watching, especially at this point, Terrell is not dead. I mean, I think that's pretty clear. Sure. Um, I mean, when you see, I mean, he's running, he's in the trunk, and then he's running off. I mean, he's not dead. I mean, and Elliot damn well knows it. Um, it's. What I love well, he about knows it. it through the own layers of like deception that Mr. Robot right. has imposed. Exactly, so. exactly. But Mr. Robot is part of this thing, so it's anyway. It's that that's all vague, and we don't really know all the rules of that. Nobody probably really knows the hard and fast rules of that. Maybe Esmail, maybe not. But what I love about this is a couple factors. One, the fact that Alf was in it because he's in this hospital bed in the prison, and Alf was on TV. That is the kind of mini twist. That you could be like, oh no, another fucking twist on a twist on a twist. But I love that because that's happened to me maybe 20 times in my life where I've fallen asleep with the TV on. And I wake up and I was having a complete dream inspired by that TV show. It happens all the time to me. So that really hit home as truthful. And a lot of things on this show just really hit home and, and really just feel. And it's weird because the show got more and more and more and more surreal as the season went on. Not just in these weird moments, but just in general with the whole E-Corp taking over the world stuff. Oh, it's a lot of long, languid scenes of people conversing or weird imagery yeah right um it got more and more and more surreal 
Um, but that said, they're still very naturalistic, very like people acting very authentically. And this was one of those examples of, of a moment that was very authentic in the ALF thing. Another thing that I really loved was the hug between Ellie and Mr. Robot. I loved that. Um, it's unfortunate that it's the most short-lived truce of all time. And yeah, next episode pretty much there back. Destroys it. Um, but that hug was really great. There's actually two great hugs this season. That one, uh, actually three great like coming back together moments. Um, that hug, uh, the one with Darlene and, and Elliot later, and then obviously what happens with him and Angela on the subway. I feel, I don't know, I did like that moment, but it's also, you can very easily read it as it's like, well... If Elliot goes catatonic and is left, like, drooling in a bed somewhere, Mr. Robot can't really do anything. So I think there's also a very big sense of self-preservation in everything he does for Elliot. Sure, sure, absolutely. But I love, if he is that way, if that is his thing, it could, that's one way to read it is that he's his own entity. Another way to read it is that's just part of Elliot and that's just how it manifests itself. You know what I mean? Like, but that he has his own entity with his own intentions. I mean, it's interesting. I mean, I think the sh- I think the show definitely goes there, where Elliot doesn't know what Mister Robot is doing mm-hmm. ever. So I think it is like it's hard to say. I don't know exactly what they're doing with Mister Robot. Obviously, yeah. even still. So. Yeah, that's the thing. You don't <laughs> but I think yeah. there's definitely elements of him being his own entity. Yeah, no, no, I do, I, I do too. But whether or not, I don't know. I, I hear what you're saying. I might I'm just wondering if it, it's maybe a bridge too far. But I, I don't know. I, I, it could very well be true. But um. But the other thing that I really, really liked, I'm trying to remember what it was, uh, oh yeah, was that, yeah, about the hug, was that he, it, he then says, I, I was protecting you. That's what that whole ALF thing was, was me protecting you, and I just love that. I just think that's so cool for him to, like, use the fact that he can block out Elliot's vision and block out what he's seeing to cure, to save him from a beating, at least emotionally. I just think that's an awesome concept, and I think that's just a brilliant next evolution of the Mr. Robot Elliot relationship. So, and then this episode also had obviously the uh, the really cool, uh, like you were saying, the hack of FBI. It also had great moments for Angela where she's really stepping up with her ingenuity, where she does that cool thing with the guy who asks her on a date. And she, uh, she she basically, like, works that situation so she doesn't get caught. Then Dom basically catches her. We learn at the very end of the season that she's known that Angela's been up to shit all along. I do basically. like the retroactive, as my, again, we'll get to feelings on that specific reel, but I do like the retroactive Dom's just effing with her. The yeah. nature of it. Well, I mean, at the time you can feel that, though. You yeah. can feel that she kind of knows. But even more so, yeah. It's like, yeah. Just, I know. I know. <laughs> what are you doing over there, huh? <laughs> what are you doing on that computer? Are you doing something that looks a little sketchy? You know what I mean? That kind of vibe. Uh, but it's, it's, again, a really good conversation with multiple layers of meaning. That's really what I was starting to see at this point in the season. And the last example of that is at the end. It may have been, I think it's the end of this episode, where she talks to Darlene. And finally it's acknowledged that Angela knows that Darlene and Elliot did the hack. And there's that really good subtexty. I've actually seen people's comments in comment sections on reviews where they're like, "What did that mean? What was she saying there?" Because it is a little obtuse. But it, what she's saying is, uh, "We know. I, I now know that you and Elliot did this hack, and it's really fucked up that you never told me." You know? She's like, "Ask me anything you want to know," and she's like, "I don't want to know anything. I already know." You know, basically. And it's more sort of bitchy, Angela, but deservedly so. And this and this rift, I now see kind of why that's a good thing in service of the show. So there's a lot of really clever beats and moments that he's been weaving yeah. into the show. Uh, but anyway, uh, next episode does that take us to? I, I'd have to. I'd have to. Uh, I don't know. I I, I want to say it's definitely my favorite moment of the season. <laughs> it, um, the twist. Yeah, yeah, oh, definitely my, my favorite moment. Favorite. I probably. I loved it. Uh, uh, well, yeah. well, before we get to the end, so let me give me the synopsis. So this is Handshake. 
this is episode seven. Dom learns Angela's history and is suspicious when the FBI is hacked. Angela confronts Darlene about her and Elliot creating F Society. Okay, so that happened here. Um, and uh, and Elliot creating F Society and remembering the masks originate from a movie they watched many times as kids. So maybe she knew it for even longer. Probably. In fact, that was she knew in the beginning. Yeah. That's actually, okay. Uh, Angela settles the E Corp versus Washington Township lawsuit. And through Price, she's reassigned to risk management. Um, she, which is so ludicrous. That's such whatever. a such a unnecessary. We need, we need thing. to put Angela somewhere for an episode. Yeah, <laughs> the way that plays out. Uh, but she oversteps boundaries at her first director's meeting. F Society is, which never means anything or amounts to anything. F Society is able to interrupt Washington's bailout vote. Um, Mr. Robot attempt, uh, admits to Elliot that they shot Terrell. So this is the episode where we find out that huge reveal. Dun, dun, dun. He did kill, shoot Terrell at least. Maybe not kill him, but he says he shot him. Well, my eyes roll enough times for that, given, again, yeah. end of the season. Elliot, but Elliot fixes Ray's, I mean, I, I mean, I, I think him lying to him, that, I don't know why that would make your eyes roll. You would think he'd lie to him. I know, but again. It, we'll get there. We'll okay. get there, yeah. All right, all right. Um. Elliot fixes Ray's website, but also alerts the FBI via the internet after seeing they are selling slaves, drugs, and heavy weapons on the dark net. Ray realizes what Elliot has done, and feeling remorse, lets Elliot go as the FBI arrive. Mr. Robot encourages Elliot to be a leader, making peace with him to benefit them both. Uh, A gang attacks Elliot for shutting down Ray's website, but Leon stops them. Now, this is another thing that... Okay, well, we'll get to that. He works for the Dark Army, protecting Elliot for White Rose. Um, we find out he goes, White Rose sent me. There's a letter that comes tomorrow. Do what it says. Leon tells Elliot he'll get a letter and to do what it says. Okay, sir. Um, Elliot admits to Krista he knows he was never at his mother's, and the viewer finally learns that he's in prison. Uh, and that is the moment you, when... Go ahead. Or, well, no, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. go ahead. That is the moment when I paused my TV and started jumping up and down for joy in my living room, uh, freaking out and just being so in love with this show. Uh, because it... That one twist, at least at that moment, before the next five episodes happened, was a validation that, once again, Esmail had done exactly what I love that Esmail does, and that is make me feel exactly the way he wants me to feel, so that he can then throw a big twist in there and really fuck with my head, and make me feel both clever and stupid at the same time in a really fun way. Um, And it answers everything. It answers the fact that... You know, I hated the way that uh, I would felt claustrophobic all the time, and I was like, "Why does he have all these new friends around him? Who's Leon? When? Did he, where did he come from? Who's Ray? Where did he come from? Why is all of a sudden Elliot give a shit about basketball? Uh, what's this this journal thing? What's what's the point of any of that stuff? It's just so it's so annoying. Why is the show basically Elliot stuff and then everyone else stuff? It answers all of that stuff. It also gives a validation for why Mr. Robot, if, for the way to direction to go with Mr. Robot in the new season. It, it's just, it's so, it answers so many things so cleverly for me. And at that point, I just was like, oh my god, the show is so back, and this is like the best twist ever. And another thing that's really cool too is visually, you see that... The way the camera pans. You see that oh they gosh. were doing, they were do they were... All throughout, and I've watched a little snippet on this. The set design from the very beginning of the show was uh, designed to mimic it. Was designed to mimic the prison in every way geometrically. So it's literally you're seeing the prison. It just has wallpaper and you know and all of that. And so it's really interesting. But and also the-, the other thing that I was seeing was things that were anachronistic. And Esmail, being genius, he throws them in like more and more as you get closer. So it started being less possible that this is Elliot's hometown as you got closer to the reveal. So those dudes that roll up and like, hey man, I heard you fucked up our dark net. 
I was the wrong accent, but those dudes that look like like sixties yeah, thugs, yeah, 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 yeah. and I was like, "What the hell?" At that point, I was literally almost at the breaking point of saying, "This is the most ridiculous, stupid show." What the hell are those dudes doing there? There is no way dudes look like that. Dudes like that don't exist anymore. That's ridiculous. And then all of a sudden, and then the Leon thing happens with the dude, 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 and those dudes are in it, and he kills them all, and and it's like, "Oh my god, what the hell? This is ridiculous, but awesome, but so what stupid. What the hell is this?" And and then when it answers it, I was just like, oh my god, that answers everything in such a brilliant way. And I just was so in love with the show again. I feel the exact same way, honestly. Like, I know Jordan's going to... No, 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 but go ahead, give go yours. Ahead. So, not only that, but all the criticisms I had before that of it being slow and also, like, are they just BSing it and making up stuff as filler for Elliot Story and all that? It wipes exactly. away all that because whether you like it or not, as well had meticulously planned it out from the beginning like you said he designed the sets to coincide with it that is brilliant and i mean to have that kind of build up and to have it not just be a twist for the sake of a twist but i no, see, no, no, I, go ahead. I i mean i, I mean no, go ahead, go ahead. i think it coincides with the entire feel of the show and how bizarre it is and it's the perfect it was a perfect timing for it um you know my make my per, you know, per, like, perfect t- we have to, go ahead, go ahead. Like I mean, it, the fa- I mean that was one of the boldest moves to make us feel so bored and tired of. Yes, it, and then drop it was genius. On us. I mean, I think it was too long, but in it general, was too long. But, but in, I still would have cut them. It could have been episode five. But the so, dark but, feeling and yes. the and the and the and the the misery that I was experiencing in his hometown was intentional. It was, a, and I couldn't believe that. it had a bigger effect on me than the season one twist. It was because like the season one twist, you can kind of see. I, I mean, can agree with that. Can, like, it had yeah. a bigger effect on me okay, than yeah, the season no, yeah, one yeah. twist. But I mean, I loved it. I, I mean, and the way that moment was shot and the camera pans. And you see the prison gradually revealed. It's just like, oh my gosh, wow, they did this. And uh, so I don't know. I'm with Rich. Sorry. I mean, and another thing. The last point I'm going to make is when one thing that they say uh, in the show at some point there's a quote: "When you see a good move, look for a better one." Mm-hmm. You know, Miss uh, Esmail has said very, you know, a lot of things. And, we'll, and when we talk sort of at the end, I'll, I'll talk about his sort of excuses, or maybe I'll even go into it in a minute. But you know, he. He basically says, you know, I needed to find a way to make this interesting. There needed to be a way to make his psychosis interesting. How do we do that? And to take viewers on this journey, and he said, this is the way that I figured to do it. But what I say is, when you have a viewership of people like Mr. Robot does, who are willing to look at every angle, question every piece of dialogue, and try to dissect each and every scene to extract the most meaning... It would be a waste, nay, irresponsible, to squander that type of audience on a straightforward, plot-driven narrative. That's the thing. That was what I thought. If we had just opened up in prison and just spent time there, it would have, I mean, it would have really lost my interest because I'm like, okay, how long is he going to be here? How long is this going to go on for? And so I write, the good move would have been to continue the story in a usual way. The better one would be to move the story forward and shock us with an earth-shattering twist. Esmail is all about big moves, as evidenced by his three twists in one episode last season. And that was kind of my thought on that. Yeah. All right. Go All right, ahead. Go ahead. You're welcome to. Describe. Well, I didn't prepare a doctoral thesis to defend my position on this. So for fuck's sake, these are little notes uh, I have. You have like quoted sources from fucking Israel. Right. Um, I'd agree with a lot of those points if I thought this was in service to anything other than his own self-aggrandizement. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like he came up with a plot twist. And was like, yes, I'm going to make people suffer, as by your own admission, make people suffer for six episodes because I have, you know, 
I don't want to... Look, there is a part of the fan base that is going to be super obsessive and dissect things, and I think that's great. Shows that are able to, you know, compel people to do that obviously have struck a chord. But all this is is like a twist... It's like a puzzle box that has nothing inside of it. You've solved the puzzle box, but to me all it did was make the past six episodes even less valid because it's like before... I wasn't, like, I wasn't as enthralled. I mean, I, I was with you guys. There were parts I liked and parts I didn't. But at least it was this sense that Elliot had made... And, and, and yes, the next episode reveals that he did make the choice to go to prison very concretely. But it, it just made it feel like, okay, Elliot's gonna do nothing of importance for six episodes except sit in prison, and I'm gonna just hide the fact that he's in prison. And I And also there's the fact that you know, for all we've talked about this season, we really haven't... We've talked mainly about Elliot, as opposed to, uh-huh. like, the, the minutia of F Society or Angelo. Or we've talked a little more about more Tom More of that starts happening later, but yeah, yeah. later, but that just means it's like, alright, obviously I can't have anything happen until Elliot comes back and make things really move and shake, because he's the leader. But then it's also like, well, they're just kind of hanging out while I build up to this twist that on the next level... Is very like to me was a huge, and again, this is obviously a split on the internet. This is, I think, the most decisive sure. moment of the whole season because uh, sure. there are some articles that are like praising its brilliance, and some articles where it's like Mr. Robot just jumped the shark last night. I right. mean, very specifically, seeing several headlines. It's like, like the that. reaction to the How I Met Your Mother finale. It's that a little bit, I mean, yeah. It's that kind of. But to me, it's there's like there's a big difference there, though, in that that was planned way ahead of time, and they stuck to it. Whereas this was the no, 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 beginning no. of the season. No, 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 no. no, no. This was completely designed when he had every ability to change any factor he wanted to in the future. Mm-hmm. He could have still done anything that was blue skies, whereas that was fitting. I mean, regardless, that I just sure. I sort of disagree with okay, that sure, premise, sure. but I hear what you're saying. I understand the reaction. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, certainly yeah, yeah. the Good reaction. Point. Yeah. Good point. But it it's a case of him. It's a, yeah, you're right. Like if the prison, I don't know. The prison to me, the reveal just informed that he had been in prison, as opposed to being like some huge development or character like redefining moment and. There's also the fact that it it, it it comes off as very smug and self-satisfied to me. And I, I, a well, lot he of makes people that comment this, at the end. Yes, he very specifically comments, yeah, I lied to you guys. I promise I'll never do it again. Yes. And it feels so genuine, again, given how reliable the narrator Elliot is on his best days. And then it's just, it like the way he smirks, it just feels like well, a middle es- finger what, to the audience. What Esmail like, says is that last season, I forget, I don't remember the reason for it, but supposedly because of the events of last season, Elliot has lost some faith in us. Well, sure. And, and so he this makes is, that clear. so but... this is the meta way of saying, uh, I didn't trust you guys. And so that's why I did this. And so in a way, it's making us a, a, another character in the story, which is also clever. Yeah, but like... It... Why lying? I don't know. To me, it's like what I, I see the reason from a show creator. Well, point, no, why is the other part? But why is the reason Elliot's not saying he's in prison? I'll tell you why. Because he's also lying to himself. He's also that's what's really cool about it is that in a way he you know he he goes through all of these things. To, I mean, as evidenced by getting uh, Leon to get him the journal. You well, know, he's he's going through this very regimented. Yeah, he's in prison, but probably he put himself in prison to go through this very regimented thing. Well, obviously. and then and then he decided to to survive it that he was going to 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 cast it in his own way, and he does this a lot in life. You know, he 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 casts things his own way so he can deal with it emotionally. But we I don't think that... you can have it both ways because what you're saying is. He did it as a self. No, he knew mechanism. what he was doing. Yeah. So then, then, no, he knew what he was doing, but he was doing it. You know, that doesn't mean that you know just because he just because he knew he was. That well, that just makes him he was aware like, of it. Oh, I did it for my own protection, but also screw you guys because I didn't want you to know this one thing. And so it's like yeah. if he if it was camaraderie. I mean, again, I still wouldn't like the reveal probably because I, I think it's just 
a reveal for the sake of it. I honestly do. I feel like it's a reveal for the sake of a big reveal. Okay. Um, and I feel like a lot of the moments in the show but, are twists on twists on twists. But the thing but, is, though, what's the point of the show but to have me have the reaction that I had of dancing around my living room and having a great time? Like, the plot I'm making sense. That. The plot making sense is not more of a lofty goal. Then and believe me, I'm going to get into. I'm going to get. Into I'm not saying the plot has that. to make sense, but 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 but, but, but the, the 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 cohesive whole. I'm just I'm just asking an even bigger question here that I never even thought of before, and that is in a more cosmic sense. You know, do we? What is the goal of a TV show? And is it not to have like these great moments? Like, who's to say that twist after twist after twist isn't the ultimate recipe for the great show? I'm not saying it is. I think it is for some to say viewers. It's not you know? Well, yeah. I think you know. If everything is a twist, nothing is a twist. Right, right. And I think that is definitely where the show has gotten by the end of the season. I think there's... As we some, move towards that. Yeah, but... as, as we move forward, I think that the least good thing about this twist is is certain aspects of, of its ramifications or lack thereof as we go forward. But sure. judging simply from that moment at the end of the seventh episode... It was like mind blown. And, I was I was loving it. And for me, it was a, it was a sense of... You could just really you pick betrayed. up halfway through the season and, and progress without losing much. But you know what? When you look back, that that is interesting. But I think when we look back, and if we look back, I think I plan to watch it again. Um, I think that I'm going to see a lot more table setting. Like, for example, forever there has been, you know those two white rose cronies that we see later in the season? Mm-hmm. Supposedly, from the beginning or very early, they've been like in the background and they're in the credits as inconspicuous person one or inconspicuous guy and inconspicuous woman. And they're just like there, like watching everything and having an eye on it. And then like you don't realize who they are until the end. Things like that, I bet you there's a lot more. And then he, the fact that he talked about the table setting that was going on in that in that you know scene with Darlene and Mr. Robe and, and Elliot and all that stuff. I have a feeling there's a lot more table setting that, that, that we missed. Like I'll give you an example. Um, there's an episode where, uh, and this may be later still, but there's an episode where... Um, yeah, it's later, but but that Dom says to uh, Santiago, uh, her her partner, she says, uh, you know, we gotta wait, we gotta wait, and he goes, no. After this leak, it was after the leak of the, it was it was actually the next episode. It was after the leak of the FBI phone call, that leaked mm-hmm. phone call, and he says, that's it. Now that after this leak, this slow drip approach just isn't working, and we all just sort of just cast that off. I know I did, just like ah, oh, that's nothing. Turns out. That is a, a little teaser of what we find out in the very last episode where Dom shows that board and talks about Python. You know what I mean? So there's little, like, stuff. So, like, little, like, seeds planted that grow, little uh, offhand comments that have more meaning later. And all of that would be great for me, and most of it is, but the problem is certain things are just left dangling, and that's annoying. Yeah. Uh, I, I uh, Yeah, I don't know. I, I guess, like, end of the day... We're going to agree. By the way, I'm just going to say we're going to agree a lot more going forward, as you'll see. Not because I want to agree, but because you'll see that. We well, know. it's weird. It's like as I think specifically, I have one more episode I have very strong opinions on, but a lot of it's like I the rest of the season kind of blurs together to me. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, because it really did feel like that. Yeah, long, yeah. It was well. It's really things engage. Yeah. Things engage. Things kicked off, and things started going. Actually, once as you'll see, there's a little more to it than 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 you remember, maybe. But okay, so let's move forward real quick, and I'll, I'll try to make it go pretty quickly here. Okay, so. Um, no Elliot. That's the big thing with this next episode. Yeah, the next episode is the big No Elliot episode. And oh, one more. Th- sorry, yeah, yeah. Sorry, please, sorry. please. One more thing to note. Uh, you know, the the scene with Ray was also kind of weird to me because it's like that. That was another thing that fed into my dislike. Where it's like, okay, we're done with this part of the plot now. Ray, you're you're done, Ray. 
Well, no, that, uh, oh, oh, when he gets taken out by... Yeah, when he gets arrested. It's like... Right. But then, that's a great way to segue into the next episode, which is the No Elliot episode, because actually... At the beginning... Oh, no, 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 no. That's the next, next Yeah, that's okay, the next. No, I, my bad, my bad. Because, he, okay. he, again, he punts. And that that one I'll give is, like, narrative tension of, like, well, what, what, what? I, I Again, I don't think he cares that much. He's like, okay, it reveals out of the way. I'm not going to spend that much time on it. Well, what I think... Absorbed, but what, the Elliot-less episode. What sorry. I think is that the Elliot-less episode nature, the, the next one, and aside from, uh, I think Jordan loves that Elliot's not in it. I but do. It, with but, this, well, I was... I was, I was I was happy to not see his face. I remember when I asked you that week, I was just like, so, uh, you know, I know you weren't uh, super happy about the, t- or no, you were very divisive on the, t- or no, I don't remember what it was, but I was like, how about that one after it? And he was like, it was great. Elliot wasn't in it. <laughs> that was, that I think was it was a comment. good move either way. Well, it was, it was, it, you know, and what I'm surprised at though, is that like for some people that don't like slaps in the face, that was almost a little bit of one where he was just like, you know, oh, you guys are really pumped about this big reveal last episode. Slap, slap. Well, that's for yeah. you guys who gave Gave it a lot of yay. All right. So anyway, the episode's called Successor, um, and it is very much about Darlene as the successor mm-hmm. of F Society and whether that's working at all. Mm-hmm. So F Society learns Project Berenstein is is, is uh, illegal surveillance of three million people for the Five Nine investigation that's yielded sixteen prime suspects, one of them deceased. Mobley fears that Romero is that dead suspect, meaning the FBI is close to them. F Society releases this. See, I don't remember this. F Society releases this information, causing problems for the FBI. Oh, that's what that was. Okay. Um, but J- Susan Jacobs comes home and sees them. So, you know, this episode was really interesting. That was a really great moment that I wouldn't call a twist, but I would just call a really, like, exciting circum- thing happening to really compel the plot forward. Um, they uh, tie Susan up and try to hack her for blackmail information. But Darlene remembers Susan laughing when E Corp was cleared regarding the case with the, the toxic leak that killed her father. Darlene shocks her with a stun gun fatally because of Susan's heart condition and claims it was self-defense and an accident. Darlene and Sisko uh, incinerate Susan's body while Mobley and Trenton panic. Dom interviews the owner of Darlene's stolen gun and brings Mobley in for questioning about the arcade, still hunting for Terrell. He gives her nothing, um, and Dom is forced to let him go. Mobley warns Trenton they must run, but it is two hours late for his meet with Trenton, though someone does find her. (laughs) This is where I started noticing that trope. What of uh, let's let's have someone enter a room without us seeing it? Yeah, see that, a shocked reaction a and cut that, to black. A lot of that happens at this point. Angela's fi- uh, fling was an FBI plant, but she ditched him for an older man. Darlene sees Cisco is reporting on her back to in the baseball bat at the end of the episode. So this was this was an interesting one. This is the one where we got a ton of character development on Darlene. Um, and what I loved about it, I'm just gonna say this is a flat statement. She kills Susan. And it felt completely in character. I thought by the next episode, I was going to be like, man, she's a killer now. And I was going to be mad at her. And I wasn't. I was like, this is exactly appropriate. It felt like a move Darlene would make. Yeah. And and, and, and not even that hateful of one. Really kind of, I mean, I probably wouldn't have done it. But man, uh, I can understand why she did. Justification was there. Yeah. I mean, I understand why she, for her, this is personal is what I had said in my review. Um, I really like that at this point. Cisco starts coming forward as a, as a this is like right when Cisco becomes like a regular pretty much a regular character on the show mm-hmm. um, very clearly because in three episodes they're going to kill him which is fucked up um, and Esmail does do that like uh, he made Shayla like the most likable character and then killed her last season and he made Cisco in these episodes for me one of if not the most likable character um, <laughs> yeah, I'm just immune to that because I didn't really care about Shayla and I didn't really care about Cisco that's funny that yeah a lot of people love Shayla um, Cisco I really started liking um 
And, you know, once you just... And, and this episode really makes you start liking him, and then by... Or me, anyway. No, no, as a, Did you have that effect at all? Do you like Cisco? Kind of indifferent. Okay. Yeah. All right, that's fair. There are better Ciscos on TV. <laughs> I like Cisco. I like him. I When I, when I liked I about him... I don't dislike him. him no, he wasn't either. terrible. He uh, I thought he... he stand out. I, I will say that he did develop, because, like, I thought he was just yeah. kind of there beforehand. So I will say they, they definitely put more emphasis on him, but I wasn't like... <gasps> When he, which is another thing they punted because again when when you get we'll get there but when they, the shootout happens it's not till the next episode that the next next episode that you find it's out what happens there. although I knew exactly what happened. oh yeah it was so obviously who was uh, dead in that scene. I mean it was the clearest fucking thing ever but but anyway so so this episode is interesting it's Darlene and Cisco basically bonding and F Society doing their thing Mobley and Trenton getting really freaked out and, and running off and um, Susan Jacobs being killed by Darlene basically. Um, and it's interesting. I mean, it's a good episode for sure. What do you guys think? I, I really liked it. Like I said, it was um, solid. between this and th- this was my other episode. <laughs> You're funny. This is the other episode I would say is my favorite of the season. This or the the wild <laughs> pill one. I just I really did enjoy it. I liked that the focus again. It was a sense of things finally moving forward, things happening for reasons as opposed to just sort of like. Uh, Again, I don't want to make it seem like the plot is all. Hannibal's one of my favorite shows. Hannibal is my... Elliot is like your least favorite character, and I think that's bonkers. Well, we'll get there. That's Uh, bonkers. We'll get there, but because I don't want to make it seem like I'm entirely plot-driven, plot-driven, plot-driven. That's not me at all. Hannibal's my favorite show of all time, and God knows it can get avant-garde, weird, symbolic, strange a lot of the times, particularly in its third season. And I love them all, but... There's still a sense of, like, what's happening and why it's happening. And I feel like that's not happened a lot in this season, particularly with F Society. They're just kind of hanging out in that penthouse. Um, and they kind of make the point of that with the partying and the people who are just sort of, like, there to be there as opposed to having actual stakes in F Society. But I, I just really like that this episode gave Darlene a real episode of her own, kind of. I felt like she was the main focus. Um, I like that Trenton and Mobley got more development because they're characters uh, that have been there but haven't really had a chance to do much of anything. Esmail, by um, the way, is on record as saying they're going to be very important moving forward. I, I got that from the in right, credits, but scene. maybe not. You but know, maybe, maybe not. Right. Yeah, we'll get to that too. But there's so much to get to still. Uh, I don't know. I just enjoyed this episode a lot, and I was I was glad that it took Darlene in a new direction and gave some purpose and, you know, started to really build up the paranoia that the core members of F Society were feeling. Uh, even if I didn't love the, the again, the constant... Uh, punting is the word I keep going back to because it's like constantly like Esmail just cutting off hard where he tells us anything. Well, I think um, it's interesting that um, it, you know... Uh, go ahead. The, the other thing I like about this episode and a lot of people said was it's the most... And I hate saying it this way, but the most standard episode of television in the season, in that it's like you could see this as the outline for another, a show of a completely different, a completely different show. Like, because it's the least surreal and the least fully dreamlike. It's like, it feels like it could be any other prestige drama. I don't remember any standout, like, crazy visual cinematic moments in it, but it was a solid episode. I mean, and I liked the focus of it, but... You're right, it was a departure from the more avant-garde. But, but but to that end, I think that it's like a lot of other shows are good and they don't do those things. And it's like, if this were just a show about a hacker collective that wasn't, like, pinned around Elliot, it would still be a good show. See, that's the thing, like, that's great, but that's why Mr. Robot is on my top three or five list and not on my top 50 list. You know <laughs> what I mean? Yeah, I mean, it's it's... it's... 
stands out so much. So much. I mean, it's so phenomenally better than any of those prestige dramas that are, like, all over right now. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just think those are gotten to be a dime a dozen. I wish they hadn't. But, yeah. like, the Penny Dreadfuls of the world. I haven't, to be fair, I haven't seen Penny Dreadful. But there's so many shows like that now. Or, or, or Quarry or whatever. You know what I mean? You name it. There's a fucking sure. new show. I would say it's one of the higher quality ones, even if, uh, still. Like, I'm not just saying it's generally, like, lost in the... Yeah, the rock yeah. I think I think Mr. Robot would still rise above because it is well written when well, but it's he also wants to be. By, by that assertion, it is fair by of you and a couple other reviewers as you were saying. It is that does say Esmail if he wants to do conventional, he can do it. It's very much by choice that he is not doing that. Well, most sure. Of the time. Anyway, I, well, no, some people can't pull off anything, but I don't know that David Lynch can pull off anything but crazy as fuck. <laughs> I don't know if he can. He's never fucking done it. I don't know. Maybe he has. Forget it. Um, but sorry, forget it. So, so anyway, um, this this is the the thing that I always go back to is the baseball bat at the end. I thought that was a great ending to this episode. I was a little worried about Cisco, but I really liked that that she hacked his. Oh, and by the way, this episode originally came out. In, this is a little interesting little tidbit I read somewhere, God knows where. That initially the screeners that were sent to critics had Darlene just go to his computer, get right on, and just find that info. But then they, the critics were saying, the, the response was, that like he's a hacker. You can't just go right on his computer and get in. So then they actually reshot and added footage in there to show her having a hard time getting in, which is interesting to me. But anyway, I mean, you, I don't know. I guess she could have assumed before she just knew his password. I would just assume Darlene's a better hacker than Cisco. Oh, yeah, that's for sure. But anyway, so, so I just like that scene a lot where she hits him with the bat because we're just like really becoming endeared to him. And I see them together for the first time really... Like, I know they, they hooked, they had sex, but just for the first time really doing, like, boyfriend, girlfriend, he's taking a shower, and it's very, like, normal, and then all of a sudden he comes out and he gets a bat, bat in the head. It's 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 cool. The show never lets you, like, rest on your laurel. This no, is a cool thing. No, so, all right. All right. That's a, that's a good episode. Let's move on to number nine, um, which is... This is where I feel like, yeah, the rest of the season just felt very blurred together for me. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Well, it's nine, ten, eleven, and twelve. There's only four, and one of them's a, a two-part finale. Yeah, yeah. Um, but... Um, so this is where we he says, hey guys, I'm going to catch you up on what you missed. At the beginning he starts out, oh, yeah, I'm going to yeah, catch yeah. you up on what you missed from last season, at the end of last season. And basically it's like a two minute catch up. Which just reminded me that they did the exact same door, like, non-reveal there too, but it wasn't as big a deal then. Yeah, but anyway, so the knock on the door was the police to arrest him for, having, for hacking Lenny, Krista's ex, which is something everybody on the internet had assumed was probably it. Because it does pay off the thing at the end of last episode where there were some hacks that made the records available in Croatia or whatever. And so, you remember that? All mm-hmm. that? So now, mm-hmm. so now they can... Anyway, Lenny had access to those. So, Elliot basically, it shows that um, uh, Elliot just pleads guilty even though he didn't really need to. He's in jail the next day with Ray as the warden. So we know mm-hmm. that Ray is the mm-hmm. warden. Establishing his illusion, um, even though his sentence is for eighteen months, he's released eighty-six days later due to the Dark Army's influence. Um, Darlene informs Mobley, informs him that Mobley and Trenton are missing. That's in that hug scene. That oh no, I have to mention this a little bit, uh, but I'll, I'll get to that. Um, uh, through Cisco, they hack a Dark Army agent. So they just go and make up with Cisco after the bat to the head. They just like cool about it. He's like, dude, I was keeping you safe. By telling them where you were, you're safe if you're with me, which is probably true. In fact, I think it is. Um, hoping to learn about stage two, they hack the phone. So this is like the hack, like the the wiretap episode. Um, Angela hacks Ecorp herself, discovering the toxic plant wasn't fixed, though grows too suspicious to be a whistleblower. So she goes in. This is really weird. I think it's going to be paid off next season, but she goes into like the the FBI or something to report it, and then like they're leading her down some dark hallway and tell her to go in some dark room. 
Yeah, it's right down there. Yeah. Got some nice coats. Dom tells her she's running out of options. That was how the episode ended. But Darlene left an F Society tape with her face at Susan's house. Cisco has to go and retrieve it, and he hears someone there. Another one of those what at the door things. Um, uh, White Rose has arranged the death of the previous E Corp CEO uh, for interfering with the plant. So now this is where we're finding out something really weird. Uh, about the plant, but we'll talk about that. Price is able to calm Zhang White Rose by saying they can keep the plant if China loans E Corp some bailout money as goodwill, which is like $3 billion or some crazy number. Elliot and Mr. Robot noticed that they are somehow disconnecting. So this is the overheating starts here. Um, Darlene hears White Rose say stage two is Elliot's plan. <gasps> Big shock. Uh, as someone knocks on, the, on her door, like you said, um, waiting for Elliot outside his apartment is Joanna. And she rolls down the window and goes, Hi, Ollie. And uh, I, that's the end of that episode. Yep. Again, I feel like there's so many characters that get really lost in the shuffle this season. And Joanna was like probably my favorite character in the first season. So I was happy she got um, elevated. And I think she has great moments throughout. But I kind of hate that she just sort of got... I don't know what you do with the character given the position she was in. Are you talking like... about the next episode where she gets punked? Well, well, well... I think... The, the, well, well, we're... Bleh. Yes and no, but this is where she sort of pops back up because she's been around, but she wasn't really doing much all season other than occasionally. After doing I guess that like horrible, unnecessary killing. You mean? I man, I like that scene. Why do you like that scene? I don't know. It just it. She's a bizarre, strange individual, and I liked like her but logic. She's all about doing things strategically and smart. Why would she be so committed to watching the guy de- let him see his own death when all her focus is on, like, surgical co- So he would know why he died. Like, she says as much. Why not just say, we're killing you because you know too much, bang in the head? I don't know. She's a, she does odd stuff! It's just, it doesn't make any sense from a, from a like, a logical perspective. It's just they wanted to have, like, some prestige drama, crazy sick shit. All right, I forget I the know. exact conversation at this point. It works for me. All right, gotcha. But, all right. Um... So yeah, this episode, yeah, I guess the main the main thrust of this episode was, yeah, the reveal about it being Elliot's plan and that Mr. Robot was starting to act funky. And, yeah. And that's really all I kind of, yeah. it's kind of all that really happens in the episode. I mean, the other thing is, that's, that is we really start to see this thing that, to me, uh, is starting to throw me off the series a little bit, and, I, and it's crazy to say after the, all I've been saying, but the, the whole... It won you back. The whole, <laughs> and then, the whole price thing... Um, and, and how he's become so megalomaniacal. I mean, he was always that way, but to see, like, how powerful he is in this universe is, is throwing me off big time. Like, it's, it's, it's unrealistically powerful. I don't know. I get it. He's really important and powerful. Google CEO is, is important and powerful, but not, like, the kind of person who has any illusion that they're the most powerful person in the entire world, save for two people. And one of them might be Elliot. Like, and it's... One of sur- White Rose. Right. It's surreal and, 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 and unrealistic. Now, this is the point where, where the show, I don't know where it's going to go, but, I mean, and, and as the show progresses, I mean, it doesn't really change this fact that they're going really, really bonkers with this show now. And when I say that, I mean it in the cosmic sense. It was always a small, like, hacker show and about the big influence small hackers can have, like, citywide or maybe even worldwide in one way. But now it's gone global to such an extreme amount. No country matters except China and the U.S. That's it. That's everything happens because of these two people's machinations. I mean, it's it's just... It's it's crazy and it's a little ludicrous and this is where that started in this episode. But also, it all supposedly comes down to this Washington plant. 
and I can't fathom. I'm fascinated to know why, but I can't fathom how that why that plant's important. But see, white do you rose. really think we're gonna get? answers like that because i feel like See, I think a lot of the show builds on the ambiguity and the i mean the bizarreness of but it isn't, but isn't that answers we have to get as to no, why no, no, white yeah. rose wants that plant or else it's just like what the hell's white rose's motivation the entire time i don't i think it's more to me again i'm just trying About to winning? parse it out I, no not winning necessarily i think it's like those two and again i think price was more interesting when it was like their weird dynamic he had with angela me too it, it went to him and white rose later but I think it's just a case of the stuff with the plant that Angela is trying to bring forward could actually hurt Price in a way that Elliot's stuff didn't because it was about the company and not Price himself. And so if Angela was successful in doing that, it would hurt White Rose's plan. No, I'm talking about White Rose. Oh, okay. Is that what... No, 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 no. But White Rose was talking about his plant and the fact that in 1987, he killed a CEO, a former CEO of E-Corp because they were going to shut down his plant or got in the way of this Washington plant. And he said, he says, I, you know, I wouldn't want you to make a similar mistake. And then Price is like, well, it's a veiled threat. And then he says, but I'm, I'm sorry, but I'm just going to have to shut down your plant. It's just going to have to happen. And White Rose says, and basically, basically White Rose ends up getting the Chinese government to give them like 30 billion or 3 billion, whatever, some ridiculous amount of money, just because Price threatened that that plant will get shut down if he doesn't. So that plant is incredibly important. There's no question about that. But why? I don't know. I, you know, and it's like, is it is there ever going to be an explanation? Like you said, is there ever going to be an explanation at all? I think so. But is there ever going to be an explanation that explains that validly? I doubt it. I don't know. Angela's a part of Dark Army now, so that's cool. That's yeah. really cool. But yeah. but anyway, so so this but this is where that whole thing starts, where things have gotten a little too big for my tastes. But then again, I heard Asmail talking about this, and what he says is. You know, because the guys were saying, like, this show is, is, like, it used to be about, like, the real world and a slightly twisted version of it. But this season, it's, like, it's not totally that anymore. different from the real world. It, yeah. And that's fine if that's the way I'm supposed to look at this show. This is another... I think that was my big takeaway from the season. Well, I think... Like, as the world expanded, they're looking... We're looking at this world from a whole new angle. A different world. I don't yeah. know. I mean, yeah. I think that was inevitable. When you have a hack as major as they did, it right. was inevitably going to be different. I mean, No, I don't mean it took the regular world and made it different. I mean, from the very beginning of this show, this was not us. It And we didn't know that. It could have still been us by, by the... By the end of the first season, but now the new things that this has brought to light have shown me that this world that they've been depicting from the beginning isn't quite like ours. It has things about it that are like the the, the relationships people have and the things that that the way things work. It's similar to ours, but very twisted or through a through a, a prism of some. I sort. I mean, I think it's a little surreal. I, I didn't ever get that sense. I just feel like it's as fictional as any fictional world is. Yeah, I, I don't um, know. Maybe, maybe but, it, it, here's know. what. But here's what Asmail said was that it was it, basically the, the story takes place in 2015, and so our world has moved past that. We're into Donald Trump and all kinds of this new crazy shit. And he said, "But our show, we can't go there. Our show takes place in 2015. This is our story. It started there, and that's how it's continuing. Right. And so that's so. So he was basically saying like this is." You know, it, it is its own world. Like that is what's going on here. You know, and so that's interesting. Right. I mean, I, it's interesting to see. But again, like some of the stuff that happens later on in the season, I'm just like, wow, like wow. You know, it's just so surreal. But anyway, um, it's it's an interesting episode. This is where the overheating starts. Um, you know, know, what do you think of the overheating thing? And and the two of them, like, I don't know, having issues, flickering. 
I'm pretty checked out of their relationship at this point, to be entirely honest. Like, at this point, I'm just kind of like, this is how I felt during the show. I'm like, can we just get to the finale? Because it feels like you're not going to do anything until next year. I don't know why that, that, that decision was made to not have any real closure, but... Yeah. I mean, they... Okay. So, anyway, that takes us to episode 10. Um... Uh, hidden process and this is the one right before the finale um price has colby pull political strings to allow china to annex the congo in exchange for the financial bailout mm-hmm. uh, i'd forgotten that part mm-hmm. um but but yeah that so there's more, more of that stuff right <laughs> cisco finds one of f society's members badly wounded okay so this is the one that was set up before like by the three like dun 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 the door opens and we don't know who it is this is the episode that comes after that obviously and one of those was that cisco who did he see in the apartment or the the townhouse uh, and it was turns out um a uh, uh one of f society's members badly wounded and he persuades darlene that he needs a hospital this again and the episode before they kill cisco or actually the episode where they do kill cisco they make him even more human, where he, where Darlene is about to take an even a too dark of a path and say, this guy just needs to die. He's seen my face. She's going, you know, loco. She wouldn't have been able to live with that decision. It would have been very bad. And totally innocent guy. And he convinces her otherwise. So this is a very important moment for us to really love Cisco, or at least for me to really love Cisco. Um... Despite Dom's protest that the Dark Army will attack, Cisco's image is released to the media as a 5'9 suspect. The bolo is later seen by the hospital's ER staff who report his location. Joanna persuades, persuades Elliot to track the phone. Boy, it isn't surprising that all this blurs together for you. Like, it is kind of it's, like one it thing. Just, yes. It's almost like the first... It feels like one day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it does. Elliot traces the call to a nearby res- residence, but Mr. Sutherland thinks it won't be Tyrell based on location. Elliot and Angela later meet on the subway to talk. Uh, she makes him realize there are more gaps in his memory and warns him not to trust Mr. Robot. Defeated, Angela intends to confess with her lawyer, admitting her part in the FBI hack, but she also very clearly says, I won't implicate any of you. Dom tracks Darlene and Cisco to a restaurant, but while she's inside, a dark army shooter opens fire on them. So this episode to me is is the real is really cool because it has that scene. It has all the it has like another great hack for me. I love the hack in oh sorry oh. in this episode um, where Elliot goes to the the electronics store and buys all the gear. To me, it was like an action hero suiting up, like he like going and like you know in every action movie right before the final battle, like the action hero goes to like some big armory and he's and, and it's like all of a sudden like some guys like yeah we have these guns out back I never knew what to do with them and he's like take me to the guns you know and then he goes to them and he's just like. Shh. Grabs him and he's cocking him and doing all kinds of badass. Shit. It reminded me of the scene from Iron Man three when he goes low tech uh, Iron Man suit sort of thing he does. Oh yeah, but yeah, that kind of stuff, right? And he's like, "All right, you got this, you got that, all right." So seeing Elliot in his element again was a really good thing because we haven't seen Elliot do like hacking stuff for all a season. long fucking time, yeah. if at all, right? And so he does this hack and it's really great hack. The one where once again, as the show has shown us, the biggest vulnerability in most computer systems is the people, and so he uses the police officer on the phone as the real weak link and then he uses the rest of the hacking stuff around it he uses a pringles can as a wi-fi uh antenna it's really cool and then he sets up this whole hack but my favorite moment of that whole hack scene is when they takes that moment and they pan around the room and he says there's something mr robot wanted to see here he wanted us to come back to this apartment do you know why can you figure it out for me and then they scan the camera all the way around the room 
And I read the aftermath after this episode, and it turns out there was something in that room that you could visibly see in that episode. I think later we find out it was a takeout menu, uh, which is a little lame. But <laughs> but but you could see something in, at that point. You could see something in that room that was like a, a mystery or a secret that that was going to end up being important. And there it was in plain sight, but we as a viewer didn't know what it was. So once again, I just thought that was a really cool way to play with the whole interaction between Elliot. But so and what was Austin it supposed York. to be? Was it like a tire? Like so? so it was, was Tyrell it? dropped off. It was Tyrell at a t- Tyrell dropped off that thing so, so that so that when Elliot uh, was was asleep and Mr. Robot could act, he would go and visit him, and they would meet up and talk about some shit, uh, talk about the final elements of, of stage two. So anyway, that that episode um, that episode's interesting. I enjoyed it. I mean, all of this is pregame, like you said. Um, the shoot up of the place, I was like, oh, there goes Cisco, just like I expected, you know. Um, but all right, well that takes finale. us takes yeah. us to the finale. Everybody's worn all out. Right. All right, so. This explains how I felt going into the finale. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Um, Dom demands the shootout be investigated as a possible act of war by the Dark Army, but is told the government will not upset China after they just gave a $2 trillion loan. That's why I was so appalled. It was a trillion dollars. I mean, this is when I'm starting to say it's looking surreal. But anyway. That's the amount of money that is dealt with by nations. I mean, it's not. To, to Google? Yeah. Joanna consider- well they are they are they are funding their own we, we, we haven't mentioned that they are funding their own currency at this point. That, well that's e- the next step yeah. after this trillion dollar loan he starts this whole Bitcoin thing ecoin my bad um, Joanna uh, considers the phone's location to be a great gift from Terrell Philip Price uses the bailout money to strengthen ecoin forcing the government to support him to keep pace with China and rebuilding the banking sector. Uh, so he goes and has this visit to, like, I guess the vice president or something, or the secretary of treasury just walks in, and he's just like, yeah, so uh, I know you're not going to like this, but we're making the whole country run on ecoin now. Suck it. And he's like, oh, I do not like it, but you're right. You're going to make me. I mean, it's just surreal, but all right. Um, uh, okay. Um, Angela is taken to a house. Now, this part was fucking awesome. Angela was taken... Uh, uh, is taken to a house where a seemingly tortured girl gives her a psych evaluation. Her captor is White Rose, who says Angela should have died months ago. She wants Angela to believe in White Rose's cause and claims Angela's mother and father died for greater good, a.k.a. this fucking plant. Uh, Anyway, Angela tells her lawyer never to call her again. Angela uses a lucid dreaming technique. Oh, no. Elliot uses a lucid dreaming technique to watch Mr. Robot decode a message in the apartment, one I just referred to. As he follows him, Elliot then takes control on the way to a waiting cab. To his astonishment, Terrell gets in. Not to my astonishment. (laughs) Um, Who knows at this point. Despite accepting his destination, the cab driver doesn't directly acknowledge Terrell's existence and kicks Elliot out for panicking. Uh, Terrell says the Dark Army has stage two ready and that Elliot will be pleased. Um, Yeah, so... Anyway, um, it's interesting. Uh, what were your reactions to everything they did with Tyrell? Um, my reaction was that, first of all, that when we first meet Tyrell, I was a little underwhelmed with the way they did that intro. It yeah. felt weird. Um, the reintroduction of Tyrell, I was like, mm-hmm. he did, he used that weird accent. I have the feeling it's going to be the start of a wonderful they did, relationship. Yeah, that, the that was Blanc, weird. That thing, it was just a nod to Casablanca. I was like, that it was, was like that's really not very Tyrell esque. And it was, and, and I mean, a lot of things that Tyrell was doing were weird and didn't seem like Tyrell's normal MO. Which again, like it could very well mean Tyrell's this Tyrell is a fragment of his imagination. Maybe not. But then who shot him? You know, at, at the, in the finale. So I don't know. It's there's, I'm sure there's theories on it, but. It, anyway, my thinking on Terrell was he came back with kind of a whimper, not a bang. And he didn't feel like yeah. Terrell to me. 
Well, and they didn't really conclude the story. So it is well, we know they didn't conclude anything. Yeah. No, but, that's that's yeah. that's yeah. Except for a black. Well, we're we're gonna get to the final one in a second, but yeah. yeah. I felt this more going into the second part, but again, I, it, it all goes in hand in hand. At this point, it's like Elliot is a get out of jail free card. Honestly, it's like for for the show where it's like anything he says or does can just be overwritten because he is crazy and he can lie to us he lies to himself his other selves can lie to him so like especially it's like oh is tyrell there is he not could go either way see on a cheap shitty show i would completely agree with you yeah, that, that would but... suck but he's thought through every aspect of this it's all planned and it's all very well designed he's I not agree. just using I... cheap get out of jail card tricks He's very well planned this, so that when we do get whatever reveal it is, we'll realize there was design behind it. Whether we Maybe like there it, was, but whether we like it or not, there, yeah. I don't know. I think he's designed every possible outcome that he could do whatever he wants. Like I'm not saying it's but not designed. I think designed. he knows what that is. I don't think he's leaving it open. I think he designed it very specifically. I don't think he's given himself a jet out of jail free card. I think he's given himself a character that's incredibly flexible for his purposes. So we can't trust anything he says at any point. Uh, I mean, I think that it's that's... like what's the point of a reveal if if there can be there is a character who through that lens we can he can immediately like just say well that's so like the, that's the thing when Tyrell when Tyrell shows up until he actually gets shot and there I've seen the theories where it's like oh that was the whole point of all the way back Mister Robot was shooting him in the head over and over so he would think that was like his thing so that when Tyrell was going oh to that shoot him, that person's crazy no that was a, it's a common thing I've seen that's it. crazy. So that he would think it was his thing? I don't know. Look, I just No, no, think... no, but that concept of, like, he was, like, habituating him to being shot in the head so that later this shot in the head would feel normal, that's ludicrous. No, no, not that it would feel normal, so that he would, like, let it happen, with thinking there wasn't going to be a consequence. Oh, okay. Okay, I'll buy that. I'll um, buy that. To me, it's just a case of... Maybe there, there are hints or whatever. It's like, okay, there's a takeout menu that I guess confirms Tyrell was alive, but... You know, it's the sort of thing where... Well, he could easily send that to himself. We don't know that. Exactly. So it's like, whichever way he goes with it, if he said... But he Ty- knows what way he's going to equ- go with it. Exactly, but it would be equally valid if Tyrell was dead the whole time at the end of the season anyway. Well, he's leaving that open, but I don't think it's because he wants to have the option. I think he wants us to not know for fun. I think it sets it up so that no ma- you can't trust any reveal the show does until, like, the very last one when it the- well, whenever it ends. that's kind of what he's saying when he says you can't really judge this season until you see the next one. And I'm not, I'm, I, I'm not saying that's, that's not bullshit. that's a problem. It's not saying that's not bullshit. But, I mean, If you, you want know, to say it's well planned, that's fine, but it's planned in such a way that it's like, I don't want to get emotionally invested in the show because anything can be a lie if he wants it to. But certain things cannot. And that takes us to the other aspects of this episode. And we'll just talk about the whole thing at this point. Um, and that is that we have... Let me just finish off the the, the, the the end of the episode, and then we can talk about the whole thing. Wait, where are you? I just had you. What? Okay. Um, Terrell had begged Elliot to be let in on the plan months ago, t- taking Elliot to a discreet location. E-Corp is revealed to have been gathering all its paper records across the street. Stage two is the hack of the building using firmware to create hydrogen gas explosion to level the building and break E-Corp behind, beyond repair. Scott Knowles is the owner of the mystery phone gaslighting Joanna to make her suffer because his wife Sharon died pregnant. Jo- we find out that, that the girl that Terrell strangled on the roof was pregnant. Um, uh, and Scott beats her but sto- uh, but stops and calls 911. Joanna asks Derek to frame Scott for Sharon's murder. So we find out that basically she's been grooming. That I mean, we knew it was some purpose. 
she's been grooming that like young guy she's been dating for some end, and it's probably to give Terrell an alibi because he's going to be alive in my right. opinion. Um, Dom reveals Cisco is dead, and Darlene uh, rebuffs her questions until Dom r- reveals Romero's death was a random accident and makes it seem like the FBI were tracking F Society for months under Project Berenstain, including Elliot. Elliot refuses to kill innocent people. Okay, so at that point, they didn't, they didn't write that very well, but they, they, she took her. That wasn't what convinced her. What convinced her was going in and seeing that chart on the wall. Uh, but, but let me just finish and then, and then tell me your thoughts. Okay. Um, Elliot refuses to kill innocent people and is convinced Terrell is not real. Elliot tries to undo the firmware hack, but Terrell shoots him with Darlene's stolen gun, causing Mr. Robot to glitch out. Angela gets a call from a distraught Terrell through the Dark Army, departing to wake up Elliot while another brown brownout occurs. In a post-credits scene, Trenton reveals to Mobley she's found a way to undo the hack. As Mobley expresses his desire to move on from the incident, the two are approached by Leon, who asks them, You guys got the time? And that's the end. Go ahead. Well, point of order, are you saying that you think there's a possibility Tyrell's actually dead and that he didn't get shot? No, no, I'm saying... Uh, well, no, I was saying that, that 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 might be what some people are thinking. Okay, because I would think that... I, if he... If, no, Tyrell's alive. Okay, but, but... My thinking, but I was thinking that some people were thinking he's dead. See, I would think that's absolutely insane. Why would point. that be? Because everything else, like, if you're going to make... It's one of the few arcs this season has, shoddy as it is, about Tyrell being alive or dead. Mm-hmm. So that's the big mystery. And so I think the shot is meant to definitively say, yes, Elliot got shot. Well, yeah, no, I mean, I've heard Espinel talking about it now, and what he says is that Elliot has definitely been shot, and and that it's uh, it's very real, and that Elliot is Elliot, and that he is shot. Okay. So, because that's like the sort of thing where, again... You don't know, unless they, he comes out and says it. And even then, there's still... But I'll tell you another thing. Angela, a lot of people are really honing in on the phone call that Angela gets from Terrell. And uh, she, where she says, I, "I knew you were supposed to call. Don't worry. I'm, you know, blah blah blah." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what the question that they asked Esmail in this interview was, "Did that happen right after the Elliot thing, or how much time has passed?" Esmail refused to answer that question. See, so we don't know if it was a month later that that happens. God, I honestly, mm, I'll get final thoughts out later. All right. Yeah. Um, other things, I guess, with this episode, I want to say that that scene with uh, when I first, when Angela first, I mean, I'm already sort of thinking this show's gone Looney Tunes a little bit with the whole price stuff in my mind, how ludicrous it's all gotten. I'm liking it, but also not liking it at the same time. And at this point in the show, especially when this episode starts, I've started to, I made a shift in my mind to the way I'm enjoying Mr. Robot, and I've shifted into art, acting, character development, beauty you know, ingenuity of design, all these other things to appreciate about it that aren't the plot. Because I, I, I've had to. Because honestly, yeah. it, some of it's just gotten so ludicrous. So that instead, what I'm going to focus on is when I was watching that White Rose scene with the fish dying and the little girl and that whole computer and all that crazy weird shit that was very Twin Peaks or whatever you want to call uh-huh. it, just, just uh-huh. surreal as hell. I loved it. I loved every sure. minute of it. At I'll first, agree. first I was like, "What is this? this? Is like ludicrous." But then once you sort of find out that White Rose is behind it, I still thought it was ludicrous. Then she comes in and explains why she did everything. I totally bought it, especially coming from White Rose, who's all about illusion and reality and 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 all of that kind of stuff. And then when White Rose gives her speech, and it, and Esmail has said that the pronoun is her, that 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 the man is the mask, and that the woman is the real person. Uh, that's just what he said. I mean, interpret it how you want. But uh, I am transgender character, yeah, right. But but no, but you have to, you know, not knowing which one is the one that they want to identify with as the main, you know, person. Like like 
do you see what I'm saying? Uh, I, you, again, you wouldn't, I, know, you wouldn't know whether to call White Rose she, like, as a general thing, because... I mean, we she's never that, in the we show. We don't know that three-fourths of... The, yeah, she is, as, as the as the chairman. No, no, but what I'm saying is she's never in the... Sh- it's not like she's ever sat down in the show and gone, like, here are my pronouns, because she's got that part of her life hidden, but I, I never thought, like, oh, there's a question that he she's actually a man. I never was like... I don't oh, know. Oh, okay, I, I well, that's was, interesting. I didn't know which one was the real face. I didn't know. Well, part of it was it's B.D. Wong playing, so it's like... I don't know. I, I was just like... Yeah, anyway, anyway, I mean, I, I get what you're saying. For me, I didn't know when I she was writing She would not be a Chinese government official if she was an out-transgendered person. So, like, that's where it was, like, I thought very obviously she has to... I don't know. Okay. Small thing. Okay. I, 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 hear, I hear what you're saying. But anyway, yeah, he, he, they, they were asking him on one of the big websites um, about whether or not... Uh, about what pronoun to use. They said, that it, I think it was... Um, the guy on HitFix, which is a Seppenwall, who's done a lot of like the definitive interviews oh, yeah. with him, and he said that he said that um, he said no, he said I've had some trouble figuring out which pronoun to use, especially in different scenes about White Rose, and and Snell uh, said no, 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 White Rose is is is, is a woman. Um, the uh, Chairman Mao or whatever his name is was his name uh, something uh, is the mask. They said Jang, Jang, whatever yeah. Chairman Jang or whatever his name is is the mask, and and, and White Rose is the real person. So anyway, um, that scene to me, I was it was like twenty minutes long. I don't even know it was long as shit, and it was incredibly compelling every minute of it. And what I've started to sort of see this season as is just a sequence of like strung together beautiful conversations with incredible subtext and meaning and depth, unbelievable like truths about humans in the modern age. Just, just, just beautiful setting, amazingly vivid and interesting ideas that that other shows don't even like approach. Obviously, Hannibal's an exception. Just, just this, this, just so much that that show has to say. And then there are little things plot wise that they leave along the way that are just like you know remnants on the floor and things that they mess up. But generally speaking, it's like this sweeping saga of of e-commerce and, and modern technology and, 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 the, and the economy and e-coin and, and, and there's so many huge ideas at play but all that wouldn't matter if there weren't amazing characters every great TV writer and, and writer says it's not about the plot it's about the characters and the, and the plot drives the characters and that's it not the other way around mm-hmm. and the characters in this are just so phenomenal Angela is so good in you this you mean the characters drive the plot yeah 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 uh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, it's sort of sort of uh, I mean the plot also yeah, I guess so. I guess you're right. Yeah. yeah. Either way, either way. But but the idea no, you're you're right. But the idea that that these characters are so compelling and well sure. drawn. When I watch them, I'll give you another scene in this finale. Dom, that like twelve minute scene where she's in bed trying to fall asleep, realizing that as much as she knows about the real truth of what happened, it'll never be exposed, and basically questioning her whole existence. She's like, If I can't really do right on the big things in life, in my job, and I've been prioritizing my job. Like, what is my purpose? And she's sitting there asking Alexa, do you love? Are you alive? That kind of stuff, which could have come across really corny and lame in the wrong show, but is nailed here. I've heard a lot of people just commending her performance in that scene. She's just laying in bed mumbling, and it's, it's riveting. I would say Dom's character moments are probably some of the best nuances of the season and that um, feel very intimate and real, and yet they don't feel out of place with the whole just surrealist vibe of the show um but you're right i mean that's exactly my thoughts on the show in terms of that's what i think of when i think about it is um the aesthetic of it um the characters 
um, the surreal vibe of it, how that merges with the realism. Um, but really the nitty gritty plot details get kind of brushed to the side as I'm watching it. And I wish they didn't, but it's just, it's somewhat happened. Yeah. But I will say one thing that was really amazing, and this is the last thing I'll say about the, about the White Rose interrogation scene, maybe, is where, is where she's talking to Angela and there's that genius part. And I just think it really sums up a lot of this show where she says, I don't want your promise. I want your belief. Mm. And I and, the, and I was just watching her lips say it. And I was like, that is just so compelling and interesting. That here she is standing there saying, I want you to understand why I do things. Why I've done everything that I've done so far. Your parents' death, I want you to assimilate that and understand it as part of a bigger purpose. And I want you to believe in me and what I'm doing and in this movement. And, and, and it just had so much subtext and meaning and genius. So when, when there are scenes that good that are built for that long... And, and, and are that effective in a couple words and sentences or a lot of words that are really long uh, can can really like move me as much as they can. I think a lot of that has to do with the way these characters have been built over a season that has had its missteps. So, you know, it's... It, sure. Anyway, that's what I had to say about that. Cool. Sure. Um, what do you think about these last episodes about Angela turning to the... White, the the I don't know. Outside? I feel like Angela is a character that took a weird path through the whole season, so just as well she ended up here as anywhere because there were, I think, parts where... She seemed to be going more hard corporate, but then she turned away from it, but then she was put in that management position, but then she was cut off from doing anything, and she was a huge dick to her dad, and she was obviously depressed. I feel she like was She was doing karaoke, that was a good scene. Yeah. She was a character that showed up a lot, but I feel like got a little lost in the shuffle regardless, because I was never entirely sure where they were taking her. Mm-hmm. And that's part of it. Maybe she didn't thing. know. Right. She obviously didn't. She, she was, was I mean... She was looking at self-help tapes, trying to figure out her purpose. Out of all the rudderless elements of the season, she was at least so, because that's where she was personally. So, I didn't mind that. Um, I'm interested to see where that goes, theoretically, but I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think I got to mention, that. I don't know if it was in, I don't think it was in the finale, but that scene between her and Elliot in the subway, I just thought that was so earned and, and, and beautiful. It was another example of these... Like scenes where there's so much subtext floating around, and the two characters are talking, saying things a little slowly but meaningfully, and then it it, it all like evolves or or, or or moves into this kiss that has so much meaning, and and you have awkward Elliot and Angela and all they've been through, and it's all there coming together. I just it's, it's beautiful. It's just another example of the thing that I really love about that show um, is those kind of character moments that they have. The Darlene and and Elliot hug at the beginning of when he gets out of jail when. When there's cars going by, so it's this great connected moment. But you know, because Esmail directed the whole thing brilliantly in a lot of ways. He was really too heavy-handed in some. But where he 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 shot it so that they were in the background and the foreground was rushing trucks and cars. So it's like their connection even is being punctuated by technology and progress. And you can interpret it a lot of different ways, but there's just so much subtext. And think about what he did with the prison and the and the and the you know having the wallpaper be like lined wallpapers. So oh, you could do a shot life. by shot analysis of like any episode, and it would be well worth. Yeah, the time. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's it's interesting. The question then becomes. You know, does it add up to the sum of its parts? Is it better than the sum of its parts? Is it worse than the sum of its parts? Mm-hmm. How you know, and then and then also look into the future. But anyway, let's go to final thoughts on on the overall season and, and sure. what we thought. Uh, you, Kevin, why, why, well, let's let's let Elliot. Let's let you go first. I almost called you Elliot. Sorry, because I knew <laughs> you, you, you were about to say something, and then I want to hear uh, what you were going to say. Yeah, Can yeah. you do that? Um, I think Esmel has a great future as a cinematographer, uh, as a storyteller. 
I don't know. I I don't entirely disagree with the notion that a show doesn't have to be plot driven. I you know I, I I said that earlier and I stand by that. But I think the risk is that Esmail has shown he's willing to throw things out or completely rethink things, and that's not always bad. But at this point, I I think it's works. But I'm worried about if he starts messing with the characters more and and having them go to weird places, it's going to be harder to care as much. That's there true. are already characters I don't care about really. And what it, are some examples? Um, honestly, Elliot, I, if he left the show, which is, I know, weird to say, I know, but he has become it's so... It's not weird to say, it's, 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 what's the word when you say something in church that's not right in church? Um, blasphemous. Yes, it's blasphemous. <laughs> it, it literally is on a show where he won the Emmy, where... No, if you I don't want to... Think I, about The performance one. is fantastic. Everything Ma- Mally, Rami Malik does... Is fantastic. But he he's an amazing show performance. With that performance. Yes, but I don't care about the character at this point because he's so detached, because he's so willing to just be deceitful, and because it's impossible to trust a word out of his mouth half the time. I, you, you seem I mean, to be. I don't understand why you're. I understand from a from a sitting back and looking at the overall plot and what Esmail did, being mad at Esmail in a way, you know. But I, I or, or at least not. No, I take it back. Not being mad, but not liking the decision he made with the prison reveal and all that. And, and to focus so much of the season on that and all of that stuff, I understand not liking that decision. But I don't understand being, like, angry at Elliot's character or angry not about angry, that decision. I just... Well, no, no, okay, choose whatever word you like. That Elliot screwed us over. That Elliot lied to us and it's and it hurts. Whatever it, that you want to say about it. I'll, I don't understand I'll why that this bothers way. you I'll like that. I'll put it this way. Of all of the character arcs and where things could be going... I am least intrigued to see what happens to Elliot next season. Like, that that's the bottom line. I want to know, like, Trent Mobley, as, as frustrated I am with how, again, ambiguous that ending is, I'm interested to see what happens to them. I'm interested with where Angela's going. I want to know more about Dark Army because they are intriguing and really weird like that scene you described. Yeah. As far as Elliot, it's like, if he were shot dead, I don't know how much I would be that broken up about it. Um, and he's I do not. think that's a problem. Obviously, he's not. <laughs> Obviously. Right. But... I, I just, he's, I don't know, I just, that that's my problem with the show, it's like, I don't need it to be super plot driven, but at the same time, if the main thing is the pull of the characters, there are shows where I can go get great character moments that are less depressing as shit, <laughs> and less, you know, meandering, and it, it just feels like, I don't know where the show's gonna go, I don't even, I mean, like, I'm not that excited for season three. Where's the I, depressing as shit part? Just everything about the general yeah. feel of it. All right. It's not a. It's not an upbeat see, that's, show. See, that's the thing. Like in season one, even it's really weird to say this, but in season one more, I felt like the, the episodes were harder to watch than they were this time. It's funny to say that. Yeah, but it was a fascinating thing. It was like getting to know people and getting to know what was happening. And again, there was at least a structured plot line. I hate even to keep coming back to that. It's a, that's why I say I think it is a beautifully shot show. Like you take any individual scene and put it up on the screen and talk mm-hmm. about it and dissect it. It is fantastically shot and, you know, uh, staged and all of that. But the, the stuff that's actually happening in those scenes can get a little lost and, and hard to care about. For me, I just didn't find this season to be that compelling. Like, if I wasn't reviewing it, I probably would have stopped at some point. Like, there are a lot of shows I fall behind on. Um, and I wouldn't have said that about the first season. <laughs> I watched that through on Prime because I was interested and it kept me engaged throughout. Like, I watched it over the course of, I think, two days. If you gave me this, this would have been a trek. It would have been a slog. I think this, it definitely got hit by sophomore slump, and I, I just, if it, if it, whenever it comes back, I might check out the premiere, but unless it does enough to keep me engaged, I don't know that I'll keep going with it. That's so. crazy. 
That's to me. That's that's crazy to think. It's very pretty to look at, but I'd rather have a pretty to look. I'd, have a, see, I'd, rather, pretty... I'd rather have a less cinema, yeah, cine- cinematic, cinematics. You know, well shot show that at least keeps me engaged narratively in ways that I don't feel super frustrated with. And Mr. Robot can be an extremely frustrating show, especially in its second season. See, I didn't find it... uh, Yeah, I I hear what you're saying. I didn't find it frustrating moment to moment. It's more when I sit back and think about, like, what the show isn't giving me that I get get a little bit, like, despondent. But never when I'm watching it, I'm like, who's behind that door? You know, I don't... Well, I'm not saying I feel that way either, but I... Okay, look, when you're doing that literally sometimes twice a week, it, it becomes an annoying, noticeable thing. No, so yeah, I don't want to yeah. overly harp on that, but he, he relied on he that. He did go on that lot. a little too much. He did definitely did that That's a why too I much. noticed it. Uh, anyway, uh, Kevin, what, what are your thoughts on the okay, well, overall season? Those are very valid things. I think I'm somewhere in the middle. Like, I mean, um, I still am interested in seeing what happens next season because at this point they've thrown too much at us for me to not be. Um, I was more like... At the beginning of the season, I was getting like, "Come on, get yeah, on with me it." Too. And then now that they like they did the prison reveal, that kind of woke me up. And then, yeah, um, well said. And then um, the last few episodes, as well, it was a lot to take in. It also laid a lot of good groundwork. Um, so this was a bit. It was a mixed season for me. Still, really well done, as all like Jordan said. I mean, the cinematic aspects of it are pretty flawless. Um, you know, I don't mind that he's directing every episode. It could be shorter, but, um, you know, writing-wise, you know, like, it's just, it's so hard for me to critique in front it because it is so different and yeah. so unique. It's its own thing, it's its so own there's thing. not much to compare it against. And that's the thing, is, like, I mean, I don't know. If I were to say, like, oh, I wanted to be like this, this, and this, I don't really know what I would say to the writers because it is so different from anything else that's we're true. seeing. true. And I'm okay with that. I mean, yeah, it is grim, and it is um, not the kind of show I want to watch, like, say, on, like, a Friday night or something like that. But that said, it's very unique, and I'm interested to see where it'll go from here. Um, and it really is. I mean, the twin peaks of this generation. And um, so I hate to, like, excuse its uh, some of its, like, storytelling elements because of that. But, I mean, it really... When you have something that unique, that original, you know, it, it is something I'm interested in seeing where it goes from here. And I do disagree about Elliot. I mean, yeah, he's not my favorite character of all time by any means, but he's still really interesting. And I mean, yeah. for the performance, and yeah, I do wish they would just tone down the whole internal struggle and the depression aspects and all these things and just kind of move it forward more. And I hope that's what they do next season. But that said, I'm not turned off by his character. So I still give this season a solid rating. Not as good as the first season, but um, I'm going to keep watching, though. I mean, I, mean, I am, know, too. Yeah, I'm sure. just saying... No, yeah, I, I completely... I don't know that I'll, it'll, it, it could very easily lose, and that's, I think, anyone at this point. And that's a very valid thing. Well, it know, lost I mean, a lot of people yeah. this season. I yeah. mean, the numbers are down. Um, and, you know, he knew it was going to be a divisive season. One thing that Esmail says about this season is, and he's only realized this after, he says, but that it's very much the Empire Strikes Back story. Um, and, I mean, he's not saying it's as good as that or Godfather 2. That, that phrase. But, but that it's the, it's the story that gets darker, gets more, like, drawn out, um, goes deeper into the main character. Supposedly, I don't remember all the details of Empire Strikes Back super well, right? I mean, I've seen it a couple times, but... You know, You've only seen it a couple times? Yeah, I haven't seen it like oh, 50 like some people. Oh, we, we need to rectify that? Okay, I do need to see it again. But anyway, 
Um, you know, it dives really into that character. And, and it leaves you on a total cliffhanger. Right. And so he says that in a lot of ways it's very much like that. And same thing with Godfather 2. Um, he also said that, like, the decisions that he made, you know, about this season and, and about how he wanted to do it, he says, you know, we could have done, we thought about every possibility of what we could have done. And he says, but what are the other options? He says, we could have made, you know, a case of the week show, you know, where he does a hack of the week. And he says, that's a terrible show. Yeah. I, that's going to be a terrible, terrible show. And he says, and so, you know, we had to figure out how to make dramatically interesting this conflict going on in his head for large, in large Has part. Has he said anything about how long he wants it to continue? Uh, he's, he seems to be talking four or five seasons if he gets that. Fair. Um you know that's how he's talking. I don't know if he'll get that um, because the, the viewership is is hurting. I but with all the Emmys seasons. he won, I don't think they're going to kill him. I before could see the four fourth. seasons. Yeah, yeah, I mean he's already got the third the third go ahead. Yeah. So yeah, I could definitely see four, and that would be good. Um, you know he he's really he's really so for me my thoughts on it are. I'm incredibly mixed on it, but it's still an eight five nine, you know, and that's the thing. Like instead of last season, which is like a nine five ten to me, this is like an eight five nine, and 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 yet, like if I had to just rate it objectively, like against the first season, it's like a seven compared, you know. But some aspects are better. It's I'm, I'm a real. I give it a seven. I feel like that's I'm, where I'd land. I, sure. And so the thing is, though, there are other sevens on TV which are a million times worse than this, and that's the problem that I have. It's a seven, maybe, but not compared to everything else out there. Compared to everything else out there, it's a nine still. Mm-hmm. And so that's mm-hmm. where I'm. That's where I'm. I'm. I'm really conflicted. And so you know, it's. I, I mean, compared to the Ray Donovans of the world, which probably get eight, eight, five season reviews, you know, it's just it's just better than that, and and it, it's loftier than that, and it wants more than that. I still, well, hmm. I don't, I don't know what the show's trying to say. Do you? I, uh, I mean, it's about it's about you know the, the it, it's not so so much about. Uh, let me think. Um, it, lots of things. Lots of things about the characters. Human condition. The human condition. Uh, 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 the, the feeling of the disillusionment and disconnection in the in, in the uh, computer age. Uh, financial markets. I wish it weren't talking about this as much, but financial markets and ecoin and all of that kind of stuff. Um, and then it's also just trying to be sort of like a fun crime story in a way. I really. Yeah, uh, with the whole. Yeah, with the whole. Um, I'll give it a crime story. I don't know if I'd say the word fun about <laughs> okay. Mr. Robot. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I you know, the whole... I don't go exactly to Mr. Robot to have fun. I see it's more... This season I started to. This it. season I started to. But I, I, I hear what you're saying. I mean, I was really starting to be able to enjoy the episodes just for what they were and not feel a twisted up stomach in the later half of the season. My problem that I had with it, though, even though I'm giving it like an 8.5 overall, I'll probably settle on an 8.5, is that it takes things like Ray and just throws them out. Yeah, yeah. Ray is gone. He is not in the show anymore. Not only that, but I, I mean again, the show plays with chronology, but we see the scene where Elliot is in the prison getting released and at that point, Ray is there as the warden still. No, he's and, not. That, that's when he's coming into the prison. Oh, that's only that's uh, that scene. Yeah, so that's where it's like his... fully establishing that he's the warden when he's arriving. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. we don't know where Ray is. Okay, I didn't know. Right, that. I mean, he's probably in prison. Okay, good. Well, that's good. That, that that's a little better. But I mean, what was the point? And that's the problem I have a little bit with the first half of the season. I love, 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 love the fact that it had that twist and it blew my mind. And I just loved it. I thought it was clever and it played with my expectations and all of that. Okay. Well, sorry. I was just going to say the one out I will give him because I was thinking of another thing as you said that is I understand some of the things where it's like shows can't get rid of actors for whole seasons. 
because then there's the chance they're going to be signed to something else and no longer be available. Yeah. So there's always a lot of shows that have the problem of plot lines that are there just to justify the character still being on the show. That's how I felt about the Joanna arc in particular. It's like I think he wants to still have her around, but had he, you know, had she not been in this season much at all, she might not have been able to come back for a third season. Yeah. So I th- that's one of the outs I'll give as far as how some of the characters do just sort of disappear for large swaths because it's like. He kind of had to give him something, but... Maybe. Maybe. I mean, uh, I mean, if he intentionally wanted to do a whole season of her just sort of sitting around in an apartment with a baby and then randomly well, bring back Scott Knowles at the end. Well, he may have wanted to He may have wanted to do the whole thing where... Uh, I mean, she was, she's been setting up that, that she could be the get-out-of-jail-free card for Terrell next season. And I think that's what it's going to be. Is she's going to be the way that he gets out of prison. Because now... Sure, but you didn't need a whole season of her doing that. I mean, you could have had... I'm just saying. No, you're I, right. I agree, I agree. You're right. You're right. But it also it also shows... It also gave us the the thought... It kept alive the thinking that maybe Terrell's still alive. You know, or made us question mm-hmm. that. Not that I didn't already question that. But still, like for some people, it kept him as a relevant discussion point. Her being in the show. I think. But but anyway, the the real problem that I have, though, is that things got dropped. Gideon's death, completely insignificant, got dropped. Yeah, yeah. Romero's death, some offhand comment about a bullet went through the wall. wall. Um, you know, the, there are things about that that, I, that bother me. Ray not, not being at all in the, in the end game of this season, and it really fundamentally fucking bothers me. I, he should have... Uh, you know he's very powerful he had this whole silk road thing set up he should have had some kind of interaction he should white rose should have known him there should have been some connection white rose could have made sure that he got killed in prison something so that actually that's a bad idea but something that like would have made him relevant to the story would have made any of that relevant to the story now leon obviously was so that's good Leon continued i don't know i'm still even now two weeks a week and a half after the show's over still you know putting my mind together about this whole thing. And that actually, to me, is a sign of a really good show that's morally complex, plot-wise very complex, whether you like it or not. Um, and and just it's just a very, very interesting show to me. But I just think that for the moments like Angela and Dom sparring verbally, or White Rose and Dom sparring, or White Rose talking to Angela in the... Finals in that final scene there, or Darlene and Mr. and Elliot shooting the shit about the Mr. Robot mask, or any of the interactions that I could not take my eyes off of. The scene was just the, the, the season was brilliant in those ways, and the writing is just fucking spot on. Not to completely throw out the point of, of you know still thinking about the show because it is valid that you know there's depth to it, <laughs> but you know I have a friend who who's who spent like a couple of months trying to dissect Sucker Punch for the, in the same sort of vein, so it's like it's not always the case. But well, that's that's an interesting anecdote. It's completely unrelated. I mean, no, I'm just saying you can overly think things. I'm just saying it's. I don't know. I'm just saying just because you can overly think about something doesn't mean it's inherently good. Uh, that may, maybe so. However, comma, this is inherently very fucking good. Um, but anyway, I, I mean, it's just to me, it's the, it's 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 all those things I mentioned. You know, it's the aesthetics, it's the characters. I think Esmail was heavy handed. I think he needed more studio or or directorial or production or some kind of oversight. To just rein shit in. The whole season is, is un, undisciplined. Do you question? Yeah. Just hypothetical. But some parts probably were better because of that. It is admittedly October, so it's not completely outside of being able to figure out. How, how likely do you think this would make your top three for our shows of the year? Um, I'd say 65-70% chance. Okay. A little lower, but I don't know. I mean, I still liked it, but... Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I'd have to. I'd have to see top three. I mean, top three is tight. Um, it's. I'd say seventy five percent chance it'll be the the least favorite of th- of the three, probably. 
Maybe it's harder, favorite. right? Because uh, again, it's incomparable. Because it's not incomparable because, like, okay, like Stranger Things is the most fun I've had of TV, and and it's probably one of my favorites. But like, I love that show for so many different reasons than why I like Mr. Robot. So, and that, and, and it's well, the, I'm not saying like, it's not unfair, but that's the whole point. Of yeah, the top I know, three I know, I know. But like, so that's why I don't really know yet. Yeah, so, that's fair. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm just curious because I know sure, it's nowhere sure. near mine. Sure, but sure. and that's fine. Yeah. I mean, it's just its own. It's its own beast, and for better or worse, you've got to hand it to, to Sam Esmail for doing whatever he wanted to do. He did it. He yeah. took his authorial voice, and he also said he felt a lot of pressure um, of of not the kind of pressure you'd think to make a great show, but the kind of pressure. Well, yes, you would, but not the kind of pressure to make a show people liked. But he said, "I have this opportunity to keep making this show that 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 this this artistic show." And I absolutely have to make bold moves. I have to do what I think is right on this show because otherwise I'm squandering an opportunity that I've been giving, a tremendous opportunity to do my vision. And so like it or not, I just think there's certain flaws that you can point to no matter how you look at it, like the fact that the first seven episodes, half of the first seven episodes were almost completely irrelevant to the last five. And I think that's a complaint that no matter what you thought of the season is hard to refute. Um, and, you know, and I think I'm trying to talk about things that are definites, that are absolutes. You know what I mean? Not opinion, but but just that you can't really connect those two. They're not really connectable. Yeah. And to me, except for Leon a little bit, and a couple times people visited Elliot in jail, but generally speaking, they're not connected. And that's that's a little messy. That's a little not right. Um, but that said, all the other things I've been talking about that are so great about the season just just overshadow it, in my opinion. And that twist, that twist, Kevin. Uh. It was good. I don't know. I think it's interesting because I think, well, I don't know. I would also ask, would you think it's a could be an easy contender for your most disappointing of the year? Um, it, it would be on the list. Yeah, it would I don't be know. I think list. it's like it's interesting that it's in both. But, those but it's it's both disappointing and maybe like I could see it being my favorite show of the year in other ways. You know what I mean? It's so weird. It's like it's not what I wanted it to be, but maybe secretly it is what I wanted it to be. You know, like that's the thing. And I'm not saying that as like a take on how. Oh, like, I know you're not. But but just like. I don't know if I would have liked the show I think I wanted season two to be. You know, I might have said, man, that was kind of lame and derivative. Who knows? This one just, it's like this takes so much to process that it, that's why it's hard to make those assessments till later on. Fair enough. Yeah. You got a couple more months till we're going to be yeah. doing those shows, hopefully. Uh, yeah, there is a lot. There is Have a lot another big process. blowout when that time comes oh, around that'll be here. Fun. Yeah, that'll uh, be fun. I'm glad we have everything organized this year, so we'll have our game of the yeah. year, and we'll have our TV of the year, and our comics of the year, and our movies of the year. It's going to be great. And if you haven't watched, listened to those, you can go back and listen to the from this year. It's going to be from 2015. All right, it's going to be an interesting episode for me. All, all of them are going to be interesting episodes in terms of some of my uh, current picks. Yeah. Again, it's going to be up to network TV to try and edge out some of those spots. And sure. network TV, or primetime TV, I guess, more specifically, it's not always the greatest. <laughs> eh, sometimes it, it is. It'll be interesting to see yeah. how it all comes. And hey, man, uh, Secrets and Lies, Season 2, and Shooter... Two shows that have peripheral uh, connections to, to Ryan Phillippe. All right. Uh, well, are we all finished with that? Have we put that to bed for now at least? We have, as ever. You can find us all at thejoyofgeek.net where we all do different writings. Rich will, I'm sure, have... Uh, you going to do a final write-up? Yeah, i got to do a episode? final... It's, yeah, yeah it's, 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 it's a lot to process, but I will do a final write-up. You've obviously had uh, reviews of every episode from me so far this season. Hope you, you guys have enjoyed those. All my reviews are over at tvequals.com. You get kind uh, of a point-counterpoint or counterpoint-point. I'm very different read thoughts, it. yeah. Uh, you can find me at Indigo Master E N D I G O M A S T E R on Twitter. Uh, you can find JordanLSega.tumblr.com for 
other random things in my writing stuff. And uh, yeah, I'm always writing at thejoyofgeek.net. You can find us at the Joy of Geek on Facebook, at the Joy of Game on Twitter, uh, thejoyofgaming.com for our full back episodes. Uh, it's we're everywhere. Really. We are. Guys, yeah, ubiquitous, one might say. Oh, yes. Uh, I'm, uh, you can find me in all those places as well as uh, at Rich Laporte on Twitter. And you can find me on Twitter at KWSheaf. That's K W S C H A E F. And on that note, I'm Rich Lapore. Jordan Alseka. Kevin Shaver. And we will see you next week. Bye bye. Take care.